find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! Two! Along the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit. Ah! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet. Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. And Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he great. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Two True Freaks. I am Chris Honeywell and I'm here with a whole slew of guests and we are going to review and rate the Wonder Woman pilot and the Captain America movie. Joining me today is the legendary Sean Engel known as Joe Anthrax on the forums. Hey everyone. We've got Chris Tyler also known as the Hair Metal Hero. Oh, I have a weird case of deja vu right now. Chris number two. <laughs> Moving on. We have another Chris. We have the Chris Trifecta in a podcast. <laughs> we have Chris Gallo, also known as Webhead. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And we also have R. Hagen, known in his real name as Sean Foster. Hey, wait, didn't we do this before? <laughs> and... Um, and we've of course got my co-host who will who will introduce the rest of our uh, crew, Scott Gardner, the legendary oh, Scott Gardner, <laughs> the legendary. Thank you, thank you very much. I like saying legendary oh. because it doesn't necessarily mean anything for, for <laughs> anything good or or it could be it for could be more infamous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yes, and I want to welcome to the show for the first time. Well, sorta. Um, now you got you, you folks are going to have to bear with us now because because uh, he is a foreigner and uh, and he does not speak American very well at all. But uh, joining us from the UK is the host. Co- I, I don't know. Should I call you host or co-host? I'm not sure if you're the host and your son is the co-host or the if Grand you, you Poobah. Grand Poobah. All right, that works perfectly. Of the Hey Kids Comics podcast. Joining us all the way from the UK, where it is... What what time is it over there? It's like 6 o'clock? 25 past 5 in the afternoon. Ah, oh, cool. Andy Leland. Lay, Leyland. Leyland. You get Leyland, that okay. every time we speak. Do I? No, we've not spoken before, ever. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, in case you haven't figured it out by now, this is actually... Uh, something of a redo because we actually got this gang together 
Um, what was it? It was a week ago. It's 3.30 in the morning, uh, our time, and it was, and no, wait, what time was it your time? It was, it was 3, 3 in the morning. That's right, 3 in the morning, your time, and it was like, what, 10. like 10-something 10 10. our time. Yeah. And we recorded for a good couple hours, got some great stuff, got all the way to the end of it, and found that... And I'll let Chris, I'll let Chris Honeywell tell oh, the rest thank of the story. Oh, well, <laughs> let's see. How would a scientist put it? We had, fucked done up. Fucked we had up. found out that Chris had colossally fucked up and only recorded his own voice talking for not only the two hours of the wonderful Wonder Woman Captain America show, but also for the show before it, which was a vault of startling monster horror terror, tales of terror, which went extremely well also. And, the UK uh, term for that would be bollocksed. So this is something of a redo of all that, um, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to this. Well, you know, we got just about everybody back, and what I feel worst about worse about the whole thing is we are missing one of the people from the original. Yeah, the original was, uh, podcast. Yeah. I was disappointed about that. Unfortunately, he couldn't ma- uh, make it, but uh, it was uh, uh, my f- my friend from work, actually, uh, Nick Maddox. He uh, not only is he a fellow podcaster, uh, he is uh, the host. Again, I'm not sure if ho- co- host or co-host. He's pretty much like ringleader, I would say, over at the uh, Geek New Wave podcast, a podcast you guys should be listening to. It's a really, really good show. Uh, Nick's a really good guy. Plus, he's a fellow monorail pilot, so we had like quadruple the the podcasters here, plus double the monorail pilots. So that was pretty cool. That's okay. We just Nick's- added thirty three percent more Chris to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <there you> go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I told Nick that uh, you know he felt really bad that he couldn't make it. He said he had a really good time last time. Uh, he said we need to get our shit together. And- <laughs> <laughs> um, we we no, meaning he- me. But he said that uh, you know he felt bad that he couldn't make it, but I told him that we would definitely give him uh, big shout outs anyway, because uh, yeah, he's got a really solid show that uh, everybody should check out. So, so what's he doing? Is he at home cleaning like he's supposed to? <laughs> no. oh. I think he said something about washing his hair or something. I think is what he said, <laughs> cutting his fingernails and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Getting past our problems. The, uh, the, uh, what we're going to do with this show is, in the first hour, we're going to talk about the, the Wonder Woman pilot, which um, failed miserably. It got made and it, with a lot of hoopla up to it and people looking at checking out the costume and, you know, what's wrong with her breasts, I don't like the pants, and, and so it just never came to be. It was passed on, but... Since we live in the wonderful internet age, it was instantly available. Like, there were a couple places where it was streaming and, you know, you could download it. And so we've all seen it, and we're going to tell you about it. And I think the way we're going to do it... Well, I know the way we're going to do it because it was the way we did it the first time, goddammit. We're going to go around and uh, sort of round robin, and and I use my little glowing Skype icons to... To go in the circle, so that tells me the first person is Mr. Andrew Leyland. Like, Hello. Pronounced like ley lines, because it yes. has a Y in it, Scott, and it a Y does. makes a yes sound. 
in there. And I, I do mention it every week at the beginning of our show, but, you know, that's okay. Um, the Wonder Woman pilot, I enjoyed it. I, I really quite liked it. Um, I thought she was very well cast. I liked the fact that she was a good head taller than anyone else who was in the show. Yes. Giving some kind of Amazon proportions. I don't know if that was a lot of camera trickery. Or if everyone they employed on the show had to be under five feet tall. They were all walking in <laughs> trenches around her. Yeah. <laughs> they had her on a box. Like, it's like an empire. They were all just in that small trench. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't It wasn't perfect, but after ten years of Smallville, it was nice to see somebody wear a uniform. Different from the, co- <laughs> different from the comic book, though, maybe. I'm just I'm I'm focused very much on what you said about head in the show is all I caught. Yeah, that's I about as that's far as something God that could have really made this better, you know. If Wonder Woman gave a lot of head, it would have improved the show immeasurably. Yeah. Um, Obviously, so you guys whole... haven't been looking at some of the seedier sides of the internet because <laughs> Scott, Scott. Okay, okay, I'm calling you on this one, Scott. You have seen it. I know you have seen it. You've never mentioned it to me before, but you have had to have looked up Wonder Woman porn. I'm sorry. No matter what you say, <laughs> I know you. I'm sorry, Senator. I have no recollection. I know something. there is a Justice League. That there is the, these porn parodies they do. I know for a it's fact hilarious. there is a Justice League parody where Wonder Woman basically has her go with all the members of the Justice League. Yes, I've seen the Supergirl one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Superman <laughs> here, Batman here, Wonder Woman. Gangbang! <laughs> yes. All right, all right. Wait, I'm I'm derailing it once again. <laughs> but Scott. I'm watching you. <laughs> oh, shit, I know is my your webcam game. on? I know your game. No, thank God. Scott doing it with no pants on again. <laughs> again? <You mean> again? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> oh, we that... derailed, we der- derailed I'm Andrew's. Sorry, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm sorry again. <laughs> it's no worries. Um, sure. On the whole, I give it a solid 7 out of 10. It wasn't perfect, but it was okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh, I see who's next, but I'm gonna keep him till I'm gonna keep him till the end. Mr. Gallo, let's get the fresh fresh new <laughs> per, per, fresh new Chris perspective. Well, I'll agree. I agree. I like the casting. Yeah, I think she did a really good job. But I was bored with this. I really was. I watched this and I had actually watched it twice because I fell asleep during the first viewing of it. Ooh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I see where they were going with this. It, If this the show had gotten picked up, it would have been another Dawson Creek ripoff. You know, we would have been, oh, woe is me. I'm Wonder Woman. Nobody understands my, my problem, you know, because the way she had two identities, she had to have the... Diana Prince, the one she can get away with and be her real self. And um, then she had the Diana Theramaschia, um persona, which Amascara. was... The Amascara. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but um, I, I, I was watching this and I'm going, okay, this is... I, I'd give it a C. I could see where they were going with it, but it wasn't going to interest me. Maybe if they'd gotten picked up and it was going up against... Other shows that I really didn't care for, like, um, like you know, shows like Dancing with the Stars or something like that, where, you know, I might watch it, but I wouldn't be TiVo in this, you know, I wouldn't be 
upset if I had missed an episode. It's just this would have been one of those things that there was nothing better on. I might watch it, you know. So, but like I said, I liked her. She she looked the part. Um, she did a good job. Um, and I gotta say, wow, what the hell happened to Carrie Harris El- or whatever the guy's name? <laughs> no, Carrie Elwes. Uh, yeah, Elways. No longer a man, and he can no longer pull off a man in tights role. Let's put it that way. No. Well, he's wearing a I like kind of tights. Yeah, <laughs> I like the introduction uh, Etta Candy, you know, from the comics. That was a nice little touch. Um, that's about it, really. I there was a, I had other point problems with it. Um, the whole superhero being, you know, my identity is ex- everybody knows who I am. I mean, that's that's just plain stupid. I mean, didn't she see the uh, the Incredibles? She's going to get her butt sued by every two bit crook in the world whenever she goes up against them. But uh-huh. so she's like, going to have yeah. to kill them all, basically, or else she's going to get sued, <laughs> and then like she's going to get sued by her families. Gone. Well, yeah, and like that doesn't seem to be a bad problem for her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that poor security guard—he's just doing his job, you know. He's got his, you know, goes to work, and suddenly he gets a pipe thrown through him. You know, it's like impaled on. I, I would I would so love to see like the human resources people at that company going, um, hi, um, your husband's had a little accident at work. What do you mean? <laughs> he had a pipe thrown through his throat by a raging Amazon Gmail? I mean, no. <laughs> but don't worry, he was one of the boss's favorites. Didn't she yeah. say something? I like that one. I kind of like that one. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, I give it a C. Um, I could. It has room for improvement. I, you know, says I might watch it, and I think there is room for improvement. And but you know, we'll never know because they didn't pick it up. That's true. Well, now we enter into the Sean segment of our show, <laughs> where and uh, we'll start out with uh, with Joe Anthrax. Uh, okay. The well, um, no problem. Uh, well, you know, like I said last time. Uh, Adrian Palicki, who played Wonder Woman, was really well cast. She's very physical. She looks the part. Um, and with that, that's about all I can really say positive about this show. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, it it seems that the the creators of the show and the writers of the show probably just went to the wiki page for Wonder Woman and kind of skimmed it and just said, oh, well, this is what Wonder Woman has. She has a magic lasso and she has bracelets and she jumps around and she's an Amazon. And okay, I'll put that in the show and I'll just plug it into the David E. Kelly profile of shows and go with it. And it, it, the, the voice of Wonder Woman, the, the feel of Wonder Woman didn't feel anything like anything that I've seen in any of the comics or even anything that we've seen before in television with the Linda Carter show. So it didn't work for me on that aspect. Uh, you know, the fact that she's just so hyper violent and the, the whole connotation of, you know, her torturing people just didn't really sit well with me. I mean, we know Wonder Woman's supposed to be a tr- strong sort of feminist ideal, but they took it to such an extreme and made it just really ridiculous. All right. Sean, two. <laughs> um, Do you have an opinion on Wonder Woman? 
Well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be when I first uh, heard about it. Um, I, much like everybody else, I thought uh, the Wonder Woman casting was better. Even on like a second viewing, I thought she was pretty good. I just... Uh, poor Carrie Elius. Hi, I- I'm divorced. Oh, you got rid of your beard, apparently. You, I just got nothing but a gay vibe into that entire scene. Well, they mentioned they mentioned all his previous girlfriends, and I, yeah, I could almost weird. hear the air quotes around girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's because he was just... British. <laughs> was he? Not a pretty American to me. Well, uh, Carrie, Carrie Elwes, I think, was born in England. But I'm just following up on a gag these two guys made in an old okay. freak show. Ah. Uh, <laughs> oh, about all the British people being gay? I yeah, love Scott, stereotypes. Do, 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 do you <laughs> recall that being a joke, Scott? I don't know if we were... What, I, I was actually was like... serious. I, I was pretty sure that we were told if, that in, like, eighth grade or something. I mean, you know, if I you found that, that being taught. If you found that funny, yeah. I mean, that's great. I'm glad you, you got that. I'm glad you got some humor out of it. Yeah, here in the Southwest, that's taught in, in biological sciences yeah. as a, pretty much a fact. It's right in the textbooks that they print in Texas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get away from it. Yeah, they, they, it's it's the chapter called Merry Old England. I don't know we all live in castles. Yes, it's... Oh, you don't? No. Some of them live in thatched huts. Yes. Uh. <laughs> if they're the common folk, they live in thatched huts, and they go out at night and they burn their neighborhood down <laughs> and steal <laughs> televisions. <laughs> That's and, uh, true. I saw that on the internet. I see you, British people. <laughs> I see you. True. <laughs> yeah, well, that was was Carrie Elwise doing a good American accent? Because I just kept hearing his British accent from Princess Bride. You oh, see, if only that was the performance he gave. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I my favorite fake accent in the whole world is an American doing a British person doing an American accent. Would you guys like to hear it? Sure. <laughs> uh, yes. Hello, everybody. I am an American, and I like hot dogs and cars. I shoot my gun a lot. I like it. <laughs> It gives me an erection, because I'm an American. <laughs> anyway. Wasn't there that uh, that wonder uh, that Bionic Woman show where she was British, and so she was doing an American accent, and then in one of the episodes she had to pretend to be British, so, so, so she could were, finally relax on the set. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was commenting, "Oh, you do such a great English accent," and she goes, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm sorry, Sean Foster. I've derailed you yeah. once again to ridicule <laughs> the 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 people from other the countries. Burner. Yeah. I'm not um, even. I don't I, even specifically mention what country they're from. I, it's just people from other. It's just like <laughs> the outside the border. American. Yeah. <laughs> no American. I, I call I call them no Americans. There's Americans no and there's no Americans. No <laughs> my phone going off. Oh, anyway, um, yeah. So, pretty much. Hold on, give me a second. I got an annoying phone going off in my apartment. <laughs> oh, you British people are so gay. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I, I mean it with- in a happy way. Even without the sunshine, there, you guys do so well. I'm. 
It's inspiring. Yeah, when we're really happy, we trash it through shops. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, how's the rioting coming? Uh, does it does it oh, we, off? That or? wasn't riots. Was that just like a, a football, the ending of a football yeah, game? It was, okay. Yeah, Man United didn't win. A few people okay, got there you go. about they, it. They call it know. discontent, that's all. It's, it was a little, it was some hooligans were in some discontent. In my neighborhood, it's going shopping. <laughs> I think there should be like a new travel campaign that you know new travel commercials that come out and you know go to England it's a riot <laughs> wow uh, and they can play out predict a riot by the Kaiser Chiefs oh I'd like that I'd like some old Jackie Gleason footage where he's going it's a riot Alice a regular riot it's a riot <laughs> It's a madhouse! A madhouse! <laughs> well, I will, I will take this opportunity to slip my opinion of Wonder Woman right in. Nobody cares. Yeah. I thought it was a big, hot, hot, ma- hot mess of a, of a... It was an entertaining mess of good and bad. They, th- they threw every idea they could possibly think of against the wall, which made it ridiculous. It, it was- you know, there was one who, I did. There was one I did in throw in. William Shatner. William <laughs> Shatner. Shatner would have made it better. That would have been episode three. Yeah, Shatner is Doctor Psycho, so he, he would go. Oh, oh my! If oh my! If only. <laughs> you gotta Photoshop those pictures together. William Shatner's face on Doctor Psycho's body. That would be awesome. <laughs> Can't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a, that's a that's some that's a mess. That's a David E. Kelly villain right there. I hate women. Ah, that's funny. Sorry, I derailed you now. Well, that's okay because I derailed you in the middle of yours. So yeah. y- you could either finish up yours or I'll finish up mine real quick. You finish uh, up uh, yours. You finish up yeah. yours. I'm the polite host. Yeah. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, um, not as bad as I thought it was. Um, not a. You know, I don't. I thought the villains were rather, eh. You know, they keep building up this Veronica Kale. Oh, she's a, she's rich, she's powerful, and what does she do? She gets sort of choked in the finale and tossed aside. You know, not not really a way to establish your quote unquote main bad guy for what should have been the rest of the series. But well, if Stetis had gone for a series, do you think she would have been the regular bad guy? Probably. Oh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have been able to afford Elizabeth Hurley. I was Hurley just going to say she would have been an expensive. I think anyone can afford guy. Elizabeth Hurley at the moment. Well, they would have had her like, if not her, they would have at least had her, her in the background. Like they would have done. They would have taken all the extra footage of her doing some plotting of evil. They didn't put in the pilot and just sort of edited in when they need to show what's she doing now. Yeah, there'll Who, be a lot. Villain? Yeah, there'll be a lot of shots of her behind like a TV screen, like on a phone or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 So it's but the whole thing is like, and she is actually from the comics apparently. Veronica Kale. She's from. Well, and uh, also, also kind of mentioned in uh, the beginning of the show, uh, after Wonder Woman was chasing the guy down through the streets of L.A., they mentioned that he was moving like a cheetah, which I thought yeah. would be an obvious reference to eventually Veronica Kale becoming, you know, Wonder Woman's the nemesis, cheetah. the cheetah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that yeah, would have been good. So they didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> that would have been intelligent. <laughs> I would still love this in the writing meeting for that. Uh, so we're thinking of making Veronica Kale a cheetah. That sounds like a good idea. Take it out of the script immediately. We're not using that one. She was definitely uh, a cougar. 
But oh, I'm yeah. yeah. What happened to her face, man? Looking... <laughs> oh, get a little, get a little nipped up, please. No, I remember it's... you. It's fine. It's just it will. Well, it'll do. That'll do, pig. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys start getting my age, you don't. <laughs> you, 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 you don't start. You don't pick the nits like that. Yeah. Okay. I'll <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to go into a little. Uh, I'm starting to Google like Elizabeth Hurley porn now. Um, <laughs> mentally Google Elizabeth Hurley porn. Um, I don't think anybody's ever spoken that phrase before in history. <laughs> I I think what they were going for with this show was they were throwing in eight billion elements and and sort of counting on when it got picked up that they could jettison a lot of you know they had a lot of stuff to jettison and play with and and retool if everybody was like I don't like the fact that she's a vicious killer you know and. I don't like the fact that she wears pants, you know? She wears the hot... So they give them a little well, they, pants, they give them a little hot pants. They give them, yeah. a, you know, Wonder Woman is a sensitive woman, as a strong feminist, as a as a brutal vigilante. <laughs> and her a, pet cat, Sylvester. As a, yeah, as a crass wisecracker, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and give her a whole bunch of sort of ancillary, you know... He, she's got basically two Girl Fridays... You know, yes, to, girl that, that you could you could jettison <laughs> one or develop one and and fade out the other. You know, there's just all sorts yeah. of possibilities. Elizabeth Hurley, they send her off to jail at the end, but she can always Lex Luthor. Out, you know, she's a the, she'll be out in two days. You know, she'll just lawyer up and and yeah. uh, so it was entertaining for me to watch, and I love seeing things in their raw state where you know she's kicking people around and you can see all the wires and. The yeah. ba- the badly yeah. dubbed overdubs. Oh and, yeah, by a different oh, actress. If it yeah, was, was I debate whether it was even it's an actress man. at all. It might have been. You a think man. it was just somebody who was delivering coffee? It was like yeah, it was like some guy that they got <laughs> yeah. to do Monty Python. Come in here and loop this dialogue for us. Well, it's, yeah, it's just like it's just like the Monty Python guys used to play women, you know. And and I've actually <laughs> written down the line that oh, not the Messiah. That there's a there's a scene where she's uh, like. Um, uh, basically getting ready to torture the guy that she catches at the beginning in his hospital room and uh, before before she starts doing whatever she's doing to cause him pain they figured we have to give her some sort of you know make it seem less like she's just being cruel to and so somebody dubbed in I'm represent and it's sort of like I'm representing the kid you almost killed and, and, and throw me. It's it's like yeah, more, it's like Maury Clawhammer, but they told him to soften up his voice a little. So it's like I'm representing the kid you almost killed, and it just, it's just I love that shit. I love it. So I enjoyed watching it. I think if it became a TV series, I'd I'd check out what happened to it. To it, it could possibly inter- be interesting. I don't like the Ally McBeal aspect of it. Of the oh. No. The, the way the dialogue works and stuff like that I don't it, that stuff always sound, seems well, fake that would be the aspect that I would have been jettisoning there's no way that would have definitely Abu not Gray. been the stuff they would have jettisoned if it was on TV they would that's the stuff that probably would have stayed actually but it it, um, it, it could have it could have possibly been something um I, I and now and now we can move on 
to since now I know what everybody's opinions are. We can go to the like the direct polar opposites and I'm wondering which one I should pull up first. Ah, just because I got to hear Scott's voice all the time, I'm going to ask the hair metal hero. So, as if I didn't know, what did you think of the Wonder Woman pilot? It was fucking Chris? awful. Awful. Fucking <laughs> awful. <clears throat> Pardon my language. Uh, <laughs> uh, you this... know what? There was some bile last time we did the show, but you're hungover this time, so um, let it go, fuck... man. Purge uh, it. Uh, okay, I want to throw up all over this piece of shit. Uh, this this pilot in its present state is one of the worst things I think I've ever watched. <laughs> I'll be dead serious about it. It's I have a few serious gripes with it. One, they turned Wonder Woman into Batman. Is essentially what they did. Two, they gave her a jet, but it wasn't invisible. <laughs> so I say piss on that. Yeah, it's a comic book. I want that invisible jet. It'd probably be a lot cheaper to just, you know, cop her into the uh, empty skyline than, <laughs> than having to do a digital jet every week. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> she shows about one moment of matronliness the entire time. And it's like, if if it's going to be Wonder Woman, yeah, she needs to be able to kick ass. But she also, like, you got to believe that she's going to take care of you as well. She has a feminine and, kindness to her too. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't I didn't get enough of that? Um, let's see. The stupid. I think that's why you are like you are today. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, Not enough matrons in your life. Uh, yeah. We'll see if we can uh, get you some. Uh, I'm working on it myself. Working on it. Working on it. Just don't yeah, have the we'll, money we'll, yet. Well, I'll refer you to the Matrons for Metalheads. Um, oh, nice program. <laughs> Mail order. I love <laughs> Mail models. order Matrons for Metalheads <laughs> program. <laughs> It's federally funded. It's federally funded? Yeah. Sweet. Um, <laughs> let's see what else I could have said. Tax dollars at work. <laughs> oh, man. Get get Ham Metal Hero laid. All right, there we go. Um, <laughs> oh, now I can't remember my next point. Okay, yeah, now I remember. You um, hated it. Well, this is, this is the other thing. This is, I think, probably the biggest overall thing I have with it, is that at a certain point, if you're going to have a show about Wonder Woman I think at a certain point you need to be able to have it appeal to 8 to 16 year old girls which this clearly would not Um, I mean call me old fashioned but she's kind of a female role model little girls used to read the comics I would assume girls today still know who the character is I think you know you kind of need to have that in there and that also goes along with it I want if you're going to do comic book stuff on TV or in a movie, make it comic booky. I don't want it too real. I still want it to be superhero-y. And this was just... I don't know. This was just Wonder Woman talking about her perfect tits, which they were. Um, yeah. But <laughs> it's like, during that scene when she's talking about it, they got the Alex Ross painting of Wonder Woman in the background. It's like, give me that, Wonder Woman. You know, I don't want, I don't want this Doogie Howser bullshit. No, oh, that ending was fucking lame. <laughs> oh, Wonder Woman has I no have friends. Friend. Oh. Well, she has Sylvester. Yeah, whatever. My cat. <laughs> Cats are evil. She's got to hey. get. A, she's got to get a bird named Tweety next. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I want more superhero in my superhero stuff. That's my biggest gripe. 
Hey, there's no superhero in my superhero. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hot. Scott Gardner, as if I didn't know. What did you think of the Wonder Woman pilot? Um, you know, maybe it's because I went into this thinking it was going to be a con- total and complete, worthless, you know, no redeeming quality suck fest. And it, you know, I, I didn't think, think that it was, was the porno. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I got to be honest, I, I kind of enjoyed it, but, you know, conditionally. And the, the big condition was is that, you know, had it been picked up as a series, I, I would have stuck with it at least for a, a little bit to see if, you know, the things I didn't like got smoothed out a little bit because. You know, one of the big things that, that kind of won me over about this is that I liked Wonder Woman as a real ass kicker. I liked her being uh, very Amazonian in the aspect of, you know, she comes from a warrior race, so she's not afraid to kick a little ass, you know, break arms and shit like that. But they took it, I, I do agree that they took it to extremes. Uh, I didn't like her outright, you know, just killing people with very little, you know, remorse or compunction about doing so. That that did bother me. There was me. no remorse. <laughs> she just yeah, exactly. she strode over his body and, you know, looked, looking past him. Yeah. See, I like I like her being very tough because I think that there's a, a tendency to just want to see or, or want to do Wonder Woman, you know, in movies or TV as just a female Superman. And again, you know, coming from that Amazonian background and everything, you know, I want to see her a little more gritty. But at the same rate, I don't want her to be the female Punisher either, which to certain extents in this movie, she kind of was. So I, you know, the the balance is somewhere in the middle. Um, I definitely feel like she needed a bigger, badder, and more classically either an outright Wonder Woman villain or just a you know quote unquote comic booky villain because the villain plot in this, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like a villain plot from like one of the old seventies live action Spider Man telefilms, you know, because he was always going up against you know, you know the, the hip the hypnotist or some shit like that. It was like, where, you know, where's, uh, you know, where's Mysterio? Where's the lizard? You know, he was always going up against these really hokey, lame ass seventies TV show. You know, somebody that like Beretta would go up against or something. It was like, they weren't, you know, they didn't feel like a Spider-Man villain. That's kind of the thing with this. This didn't feel like somebody that wonder woman should be taken down. This felt like something like, the you DEA know, some co- or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was no. It was the like FDA or. Yeah, yeah it, it oh. was like using a tank to swat a fly. You know, it's like why is Wonder Woman on this? You know, why isn't Wonder Woman out stopping? You know, Not some. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some world. Yeah, she's an some- Amazon. I, 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 is she immortal or technically immortal or just like a yes. street? You know, yeah. so so yeah. she's she's on Earth and she's fighting localized crime in exactly in like her neighborhood. You know, she's keeping yeah. her neighborhood clean, which is a big city, but and, that's yeah, basically so- what she's doing. So this might be a big stride forward as far as powerful women characters and that sort of thing, but it's a huge yeah. step backwards for the superhero TV show because, you know, this sets us back, you know, to the 70s again with, you know, this this very goofy plot type of thing that I thought we had moved past by this point. Well, actually, it doesn't because at least it didn't get picked up. (laughs) So it's... (laughs) 
It's not That's it's true. not really setting a precedent. It kind of got rejected or, actually. Well, yeah. Actually, but it, uh, it's, it might set a precedent because just cuz this one failed doesn't mean they're they're not going to assume, "Oh, it didn't have enough supervillains, so that's why it's failed." No. Right. It didn't have enough. We got to take more superhero stuff out of it. We got to make it less like the comic books because that seems to be the logic. If it doesn't work, it must have been the comic book elements of it. We we got to get rid of some more of that, you know. So Yeah. Time I fear you I like fear you're right. But the I, comic I fear- book elements were the best part of this. The opening right. fight scene right. was great. Yeah. The end yeah. fight scene was pretty well choreographed, despite the fact you could obviously still see all the wires and everything. Right. And those two were the best bits of the show. Yeah, and it's kind of like if Network look at that and see those two bits and think those two bits are the problem, that I'm glad well, that it didn't get picked up because they were the best well, bits. Well, right. that's the whole thing. That, that's the tendency. It, it's... They would go, oh, well, it costs too much money to do that choreographing every week. You know, like, look, even like the digital jet thing, everybody, you know, some people complained about it, but that was going to be the same footage week after week. It was yeah, they just used the same stock. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was just a ge- It was <laughs> like when Batman left Batcave in the 60s TV show. Yeah. <laughs> same footage every week. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen this finished. It's too bad that they didn't get a chance to actually finish it and take out the wires and stuff like that, but. It would have like really. Would it have made a difference though? It's still the same crappy story. No, and that's no. true. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, because ultimately it is the story that I had the the biggest problem with. I thought she looked really good in the part. Um, my only problem with the actress playing Wonder Woman is that she. I, I don't know if it was her natural look or if she was trying to have the look or whatever, but she had kind of a bitchy look a lot of the times. Whereas, you know, I don't want Wonder Woman to walk around looking, you know, all doll-faced and everything, but sometimes she just did a little bit too much of the scowly, bitchy face, you know? But that's what they were going for. This was bitchy Wonder Woman, the pilot. Yeah, yeah I guess so. But, uh... Bitch woman. There until, was some... gets, until the end when she puts the ponytail and the coveralls on, and it's like, oh, well, sad then, Wonder but Woman. Then that, 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 yeah, but then that's playing up another feminine stereotype of, like, I'm sad, I'm gonna have some ice cream and sit with my cat. And drink know? some wine. And, yeah. yeah and, and, like, the feminist stuff was just so... Sl- I mean, she gives her whole speech of, of you know, this Wonder Woman doll's action. tits are too big. Wonder, and then her whole Wonder Woman has perfect tits, perfect ass, and perfect teeth, and and all that. And this is sending out the wrong message. This 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 doll. And then in like almost the very next scene, she's trying to get into the guy's room to 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 question him, and the guards not letting her in. And she says to him, see this costume? This costume o- opens doors, and you're going to open that door for me. And it's just like, well, you know, you can't play You, I guess you can play it both ways, but... Well, at the risk <laughs> of sounding extremely feminist, I, I believe that this is what women do all the time. You know, it's like... You know, it's like I'm sure you guys have all experienced this. Some some really attractive woman will walk by with a low cut top or something, and then catch you looking at their tits and give you a dirty look. It's like, all right, if you're gonna dress like a whore, I'm gonna look at you. You know, if you're gonna <laughs> yeah, put them in my face, I'm gonna look and don't give me a dirty look because I do. But, but women see, do that kind of shit power all the girl time. Say. That's, that was yeah. a power girl line. Power. It wasn't. Yep. Wasn't Wonder Woman. That's see, true. That would be a, power girl, the series would be good. I'd totally see, that, buy that. 
if it was powerful. Well, and that's that's what this that's what the show felt more like, especially with the whole you know coming home and sitting with your cat, and yeah. discussing you know how how lonely your life is. That seems more like uh, a scene from the what the Connor and Palmiati Power Girl series, right? Yeah. So it. It, it, that was another reason why it didn't seem like Wonder Woman to me. Well, you know, right. it's it's weird because they did play up, you know, she's an Amazonian and, and the whole vigilante thing and the whole sort of disregard for the law, I could sort of see that by, you know, being immortal and being just like, well, whatever, these humans' laws or whatever, and these guys are telling me what to do. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. You know, I'm Wonder Woman. What are they going to do, put me in jail, you know? I mean... Well, the, the, there was a little bit of that attitude on there, but I don't think that same person would go home and be like, oh, I want to be a normal mortal well, woman, especially since well, obviously she's gone to a lot of effort to build her financial empire. Yep. In what, two years? Maybe, maybe <laughs> this was good. You know, I'd like to think that the writers had thought this through enough to where they're like, we're going to, you know, we'll do this as a whole meditation on the the you know women wanting it both you know she was she's a god who wants to be a human at the same time and she's a you know liberated woman but she also wants to use her sex appeal at the same time and the the dichotomy but i don't think that was thought of at all when it was done i don't even think they tried to put it in his subtext it it sort of comes out like they might be thinking that but you know it's just so Force. Yeah, yeah, it it does it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, we would we would have found out we would have found out this Wonder Woman slept her way to the top. Yeah, I don't know. The way it looked well, enough to me, it came off like it, they just caught Wonder Woman at the wrong time in a month. I'm sorry. The whole split personality, oh. you know, going from one end of the extreme to the other, just Do, like just. Says, I'm on the rack. <laughs> Do Amazonian gods pay. menstruate, though? Yeah, I was just going to ask the same question. I Honestly, I'm like, do, I haven't heard of any of them, like, getting pregnant and giving birth. You know, I don't know if that's part of the working of the gods. Um, so. It's called Paradise Island. Let me just point that out. <laughs> so, so, they're never, so they're never on the rag, then. Yeah. No, they're always on the rag. But uh, I, I, am, I am... That's nobody's paradise. Not a male paradise, not a female paradise. <laughs> I am last on this, right? I mean, everybody, everybody. You were the last one with your with your opinion, yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted to sum up by saying, uh, you know, that that's why I said at the beginning of of giving my opinion on this conditionally, because what what I want to do now, I, I want to ask everybody, you know, I want to go back round robin one more time and have everybody kind of answer this question, but I'll answer it first myself. Is uh, you know, had the series been picked up, you know, would you have watched it? See, that's why I said conditionally, because I, I enjoyed it, you know, to a degree, but I enjoyed it more from the perspective of I, I saw potential in it. I didn't think it was a complete waste. I mean, was it great? No, you know, but I was entertained. I saw enough in it where I, I thought, OK, if somebody was, you know, ran in the right direction with this, wasn't afraid to pour a little bit more money into it. And wasn't afraid to chase either like a comic book angle or, you know, a Greek mythology angle or something like that, that it had at least as much potential as something like, say, I don't know, like Smallville or something, which I thought had a horrible um, pilot. But then that series got picked up and ran for 10, ep- you know, for 10 seasons. So I-, I didn't think this was any worse than Smallville's pilot, you know. So with that in mind, I mean, would you guys... 
you know, did did you see enough in this to where you would you know give the you know give the series itself a, a try? Maybe you know watch three or four episodes to see if it got any better, or maybe even the whole first season just to see where it went. Uh, if it had gone to a series, I would have watched it. Like you say, I agree with you. I thought it was better than Smallville. I didn't think it sucked ass. I did think that maybe my non-familiarity with Wonder Woman helped me appreciate the show a bit more because mm-hmm. I basically know the John Byrne stuff and that's it. Um, right. I agree with what Her Metal Hero said. This show needs to be like Doctor Who. It needs to aim at 7- to 12-year-old girls as well as an adult audience. And the pilot didn't. The pilot wouldn't have worked for kids. And did David E. Kelly actually write this? Because the dialogue in this was one of the weak things. Yeah. And from what little I've seen of his stuff, Boston Legal being the only show of his I watch regularly, his dialogue's actually quite clever and funny. Yeah. And the dialogue in this was very expository. Well, I think the dialogue on Boston Legal was more funny because you had William Shatner delivering it. Yeah, Shatner was delivering it. Coming back to Shatner every time. Yeah. It always comes back to Shatner. the universe. Yeah. All things come back to shot and shatter in the end. I wish so, that uh, we had had the foresight to uh, to invite um, Hope Mullinex because it occurs to me that we don't have the the female perspective on this at all. Because I watched it by myself, you know, I I wouldn't I because I knew some of the content of this. I didn't let my kids watch it, but and I didn't think my wife would actually sit through it. But I'd I'd like to know, you know, at least one female's reaction to this. You know, would they would they see that part where she was talking about being objectified and go, hell yeah, girl, you go, or would they look at it and go, she's just a bitch? You know, I I, I have no <laughs> idea. I I'd, I'd like to know that. I really would. So you know, if there are any uh, any you know female listeners out there, you know, write even to us. One, let us know. Is what there did even you one? Think of this? <laughs> yeah, see, I don't even know. I don't know if we have female listeners or not. I something tells me we do not because we're second. <laughs> that's one. Yeah, it's yeah. a big sausage fest in here tonight. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I gotta go. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I, and then the first thing is uh, that I see Chris, um, Tyler's square throb, and he's got like two sausages speared on his <laughs> his wolverine claws you know. take that as you will <laughs> sometimes a hot dog is just a hot dog yeah covered in chili <laughs> and speared with adamantium yes um i know but oh go ahead no i was just gonna wrap that up so you can fix something in editing if you need to um that if it had gone to a show, I'd have watched it. I'd have given it a go. I would have looked in the... I, I would have probably waited to see what the advertisements each week were. And if they said, uh, Wonder Woman battles the cheetah, or, uh, you know, Egg Fu makes a special appearance, then, you know, then I would have watched. <laughs> I would not have made it past the censors. Uh, <laughs> He's got the right shape now, so it would have worked. No. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, it, would they have done the stereotypical accents, too? You know you want to see Shatner doing a stereotypical Asian accent. Come oh, on. my oh. God. What could Hello. be more offensive than, like, William George. Shatner with his George. eyes taped into slits and going, oh, hello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would have waited to see if they were done it. 
Oh, George, yeah. George Takai is egg foo. That would be awesome. All right, George so Takai. That works too. Oh my, oh my, you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cat fight, cat fight. <laughs> that was the other thing. How do you not have a cat fight where they, you know, almost take their clothes off and kiss at the end? Yeah. Well, you know, they set it up because it almost set up like her, her, like Elizabeth Hurley might have been taking her own super steroids because she was like, "You want to feel my muscle or whatever." So I thought that they might have a little bit of a slug out there at the end, but it was more yeah. of a choke yeah. out than anything else. Choke and toss. That's pretty much what it was. Wonder <laughs> Woman. Wonder Woman <laughs> well, it's not good. That's, that's yeah. an Indian window. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, if that's, you're gonna play up the adult on it, then do that. <laughs> you know, go all the way. <laughs> um, what about you, Joe Anthrax? Would you watch this as a series? You know, uh, I actually watched uh, like the last few few series or few uh, seasons of Smallville, and. So Some yes, of those you're not picky. God awful. Yeah, obviously I'm not picky. So, uh, you know, it's a superhero show. You don't get superhero shows ever. And unfortunately, as as off the mark as this superhero show was, and I agree with, you know, Hair Metal Hero, you know, it it didn't appeal it, it wouldn't appeal to young girls, which I think is you know, what a Wonder Woman show should do. It was it was more of a David E. Kelly show and I think a David E. Kelly show appeals to an entirely different, you know, genre of viewers. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's its appeal is so limited, you know, and in the form that it was, you know, displayed, you know, in this pilot that I I don't know who would it exactly appeal. I my only hope would be, you know, Along the lines, they would develop the character to be either more comic book and follow the comic better. And, you know, it had potential. So I think I would probably watch it. But again, it would be conditional on, you know, whether or not they went the superhero route. All right, let's go. Okay. Let's 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 keep in the, the whole Sean groove. All right. Uh... I probably would have watched a few episodes, you know. Uh, I would have looked out to see who who was the guest star they were going to have. Like if they said William Shatner will be on the next, oh, instant, you know, watch it, record it, rewatch it three times. The episode could be the worst episode ever. William Shatner's in it. It's automatically gets a star for me for that. But um, I don't know how long I would have followed it because I tried watching Smallville at different portions, and I I just could never get in that show. It was just too Dawson's Creek for me. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Lana, you're a bitch. But, you know, it's just, it, it, I, I probably would have watched it. You know, I didn't think it like that. I didn't I, I think the pilot was as bad as I thought it was going to be, but they definitely needed to make changes. They needed to write certain characters. I mean, her uh, boyfriend who came back, but now he's married, because they were going to have that as sort of a attention thing, and that was just... That was just stupid. Yeah, that was like a yeah, that's a dramatic way to... dead end, isn't it? Yeah, because it's like it, it's like they, 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 they you know halfway through the episode they're showing this flashback with their last dinner and she's telling him, "Oh, I'm going off to be a vigilante in in Los Angeles. I can't be with you. Your life will be in danger." And he's like, "No, I'm perfectly all right with that. I love you. I want to be with you. Why are you leaving?" <laughs> Shows up all of a sudden dismisses the entire federal case against her company with like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, don't, they know we know each other. Yeah. Let me roll with that. After they spent all this time in the episode building up, oh, 
she's legal. You you can't do that. It's not legal to do that. It's not legal to do this. And then he goes, oh, and by the way, they don't even like, oh, I have a ring. I'm happily married. My wife would have probably turned out to be an evil bitch so we could justify her turning into a supervillain and you killing her violently and we can get back together. Or <laughs> wrestling her at least. Yeah. And we can... <laughs> That would have been. See, I would see if they had gotten really, you know, balls to the wall. They could have done thing like where you know he kills her and they go, "Hey, let's have sex right under her grave." Oh god! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, only Grant no. Morrison does stuff like that in X Men comics. Yes, yes, he oh, does. Yeah. yes, he does. <laughs> uh, well, where where are you at the writers' meetings for these shows? <laughs> <laughs> well, about to tease. Well, I, don't, I, I was. I, I'd probably be being. I'd probably be. Maybe I was like, "Hey, don't you just bring the coffee? What are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you giving ideas? A superhero fight? We can't afford that. For that? Oh God, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Is like they were. Like they were. Let's see, that's something else that came up. They were playing up all these henchmen were on the special roids, so they were all like big and bulky. And now. One of them not one thing to her. They're like she's like smacking them away. It's like I thought these guys were supposed to be dangerous and superhumanly fast, and she had to chase one down the streets of L.A. and she's just tossing them around like rag dolls. You know, it's like and they all did that waiting in line to attack yeah. her thing from seventies <laughs> yeah. TV shows. They didn't all just gang up on her. No, and and and, and it's like like you saw all of them together at one point, but as soon as she shows up, they suddenly. Spread out over the warehouse in even numbers. So you can form an orderly queue, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Except that one guy. Because they've been watching the Wonder Woman porno. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why I've been quiet most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Chris Gallo, we we don't know if you were going to watch this or not. And it's important that we do know. Oh, you did. You did. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll, I'll go over a couple other things. Um, if I had seen this pilot, this had been the you know the broadcast one. I really would have had a struggle to watch the second one. I really would have. If if they retooled it, did some changes, you know, and kept and it still wanted to keep that uh, you know Dawson Creek, Ally McBeal feel to it, I might give it a second chance and a third chance. But if if it kept going along those lines, I would have just tuned out. I'm sorry. Three episodes and that's it. I would have given this. Uh, there, I mean, there was just not enough, like everybody said, not enough superhero stuff. And too much of the whiny, oh, come here, Sylvester, let's sit on the couch and and reflect on my life. You know, crap. You know, and sorry. Just didn't care for it, really. So, unless it was up against... Some really bad programming would I have watched this. Uh, well, it's very possible <laughs> that it could have been. <laughs> well, I guess who's last? Oh, yeah, Chris, you're last. Okay, good. I'll go. Um, I would have probably watched it. I don't think it, I don't think it would have... Um, it would have emerged on TV in, in the, as like that as its final thing. I would have watched it for probably, like you said, about three episodes to see where it was going to decide to, you know, sort of determine whether it was entertaining. But I was, enter- I was entertained and uh, it was, you know, it, it was weird because it, it, you sort of expect it to be kind of it's Wonder Woman. So there should be there wasn't 
an awful lot of jiggle to it, you know? Linda Carter really put jiggle. the jiggle in Wonder Woman. <laughs> and they're running yes. and jiggling and and the running in this was, you know, modern running. It was fast cuts and stuff. So Yeah. Which yeah, she had like that she had like that jogger mentality where she had the hands straight up and she was just like walking like the T running like the T one thousand. Yes. So like, yes. You expect like, your yeah, arms to turn into spikes and just like go they, through the guy's yeah. head. Well, that would have been out of character for her. He was just like spiked the guy. Yeah. Justice is served. No, but it was that was character. one thing that I meant to bring up in, in you know when we were talking about this that I, I kind of forgot to bring up. But uh, you know, it's one thing I do applaud them for in this, and again, I think it's another reason that that owed into why I kind of dug this was that they didn't go with the obvious Linda Carter thing. I think they realized mm -hmm. right away that, you know, they had big shoes and a, and a big bustier to fill. Well, you know, it was if like they Chris Pine to, is Kirk, you know. You, you know, Chris really Pine carefully. is Kirk or, or uh, what's his name, Brandon Ralph as Superman is that, you know, the, the previous incarnation is the one that's in everybody's mind. So you can either do, you know... Where where Ralph was told to basically ape Christopher Reeve, and then you know there there was mixed results there. Or you can do it where you can try to just go in a different direction and make the character your own. And I have to be honest, I kind of applaud the fact that that's what they did in this. You know, good or bad, you know, like it or not, this didn't just try to be Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. You that's know, this true. ran in a completely different direction. Um, I, I think that was actually a pretty bold move. Do you think the uh, comment she made in the board bo in the boardroom about the doll was sort of like aimed at Linda Carter's character? Because I kind of no. had a little feel that way. Because it's like it's like she like how she wanted to separate herself from that look of a Wonder Woman, and um, I, I, I kind of got that feel. I don't. Know, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Well, I, I figured it was because her because Elizabeth Hurley called her an action figure on TV. And so she was stewing about it. So she was right. being extra sensitive about about. You mean extra bitch feet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bitch mode. You can just see the bitch mode switch flipped. Well, and how does how does this how does this giant corporation get away with you know employing like uh, well over a hundred people and uh, yes. you know funding her crime fighting stuff and funding all this other stuff. Simply on, you know, making dolls. Oh yeah, how, uh, how would you feel? One type of doll. How would you feel if you were actually somebody who owned who owned one? Of, you know, the companies that makes action figures now, ah. and you're watching this Wonder Woman show, going, "Wait, I make action figures. I don't have a giant building with a with a with a jet plane and a crime fighting lab." But, well, you know, if if you're Hasbro or Mattel, you do. But I mean. I don't think I don't think one woman could market her entire. You, I don't. GI Joe didn't build all those companies. They had like multiple lines. Right. There's you know, all, like, they're they're part of a they're they're the doll part of a toy line, and yeah, that would have made more she sense. Was like she's like the person. She's like I'm gonna start making these Wonder Woman dolls, and it's like, well, how many Wonder Woman dolls size. can you sell? See, if yeah, well, said, yeah, like, maybe they do make life size Wonder Woman dolls too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get that made. Uh, th th there goes Chris searching on the internet looking for life-size Wonder Woman doll. <laughs> no, just go go to go to uh, look up real dolls, and then you can have a custom doll. <laughs> yeah, if you no, get the money. but I mean, well, this, that would have been an interesting aspect. Would have been if they wanted to go something different instead of have her being the owner of the company. She sort of signed in order to get the money she needed to do this. 
she has to do a certain amount of quote unquote public appearances and that you could show her for Grady against that. You know, her going, I need money, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be an object. And then someone says, well, honey, you signed the contract. You know, but that, well, you know, making her into to a female Bruce Wayne doesn't really work well, for this, Wonder Woman. This is what I would picture with with, with Wonder Woman. You want to have a crime-fighting lab? You're going to need a lot of wo- money there, Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. okay, I'll just yeah. go to Paradise Island and go get some gold. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, got, we got a couple tons of it laying around there, or whatever, you know, that we've, we've amassed over the, the, the eons. So I'll, just, I'll bring some of that back. You know, why, why take all the effort to market a, 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 a Wonder Woman doll? Because they will never, on this version of this, mention Paradise Island. That would yeah, never barely, be mentioned. Like, well, they were very subtle in all the references to that she was from a... Did they say she was an Amazon at any point? Yes, yes. They, did, they, they, they said she wasn't, you know, she said something about being human, and they're like, but you're not human, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. And there was all that I mean, Greek memorabilia behind her in every room, yeah. and uh, you know, the company. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, I see where where uh, Hair Metal Heroes going on this because if they stayed on the cheap with their budget and everything, then they probably would be very reluctant to want to ingra- embrace anything that would have to be done on a grand scale to embrace, you know, Greek oh, gods oh. or, or Themyscira. Oh, no, you don't need a lot of like money. That. You just set it up like the Planet of the 80s porn stars on that Star Trek episode. <laughs> Get some, toga, some togas and little gold tiaras and, you know, but, some, some Moses the Lawgiver wow. sandals. And I would argue that... You- you know, if if this if this show had been picked up, if it had any mileage whatsoever, I would think that eventually you'd kind of have to deal with the topic of, you know, you'd have to at least do some half-assed origin story because eventually your viewers, especially your non-comic book related viewers, would be asking questions. All right, so who's Wonder Woman? How did she get this way? You know, give us a backstory. Yeah. So they'd have to do at least something, even if it was cheesy. You know, Vaseline on the lens flashbacks. Well, that's like what I was going to say. They could put a lot of fog on, put some Vaseline yeah. on, and put a few models in, you know, tall models and togas <laughs> around and have a conversation right. between her and Hera. Right. Oh, right. Sure exactly. Isn't that the Wonder Woman porn you're talking about? Vaseline. <laughs> isn't and that you, what we've been talking about all along? <laughs> and you know that this, this Wonder Woman wouldn't have been made from clay. I mean, that would just, no. like, you'd have all your audience would be gone instantly. Yeah. Or out buying clay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I guess you make my Wonder Woman. Wait, 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 wait. She's made out of clay? (laughs) Nobody told me this. They're just going to do the uh, the ghost uh, remake scene of that, you know. (laughs) I've been using vinyl all this time. That actually explains that scene with her, her and her boyfriend because she has feet of clay. Oh, oh, oh wow. Okay, I thought I was getting feet thrown under clay. the bus this episode, but you just earned it, man. <laughs> feet of clay and so tits of silicone. <laughs> oh. There's the tagline for this episode. Feet of clay tits of silicone. Well, I was just going to say, we're about hitting the one hour mark. I think we've we've pretty much summed up i think i could sum up our our feelings on how we feel and it, it, the the wide <clears throat> variety of feelings as i guess beggars can't be choosers i guess all of us since there's so few comic book movies that all of us pretty much would be like yeah 
I'll check it out. Except for you, hero. Well, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> well, I know, I know one one aspect in which I'm pretty sure Chris and I agree, which is uh, the the Wonder Woman animated film. Now, you liked that one, didn't you, hero? Oh yeah, that was see that? awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, I own it. I loved it. That. Yeah, that was great. So. Yeah. I wanted that to if that should be the live action movie, just do that live action. Hell awesome. yeah, I would Hell be down yeah. for that. I, and, and keep Nathan, and keep Nathan Fillion for Steve Trevor. Yes. Oh, that he was awesome. <laughs> yeah, except you still can't show that to your seven year old girl, you know, um, like that. Actually, I'd be more comfortable showing that to a seven year old girl than than the tits and ass and yeah. Cause, I mean, you know, the, uh, yeah. I mean, granted, Wonder Woman's mother gets raped, but I mean. And she's lopping off heads, you know. But they're like monster heads, though. So yeah, yeah. Zombie Amazons. You could you could tweak <laughs> that. Make, you could tweak that story <laughs> and make that fully appropriate for an all ages. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I I'm just so sad that didn't do as well. It sort of got overshadowed by all the other movies that came after it because I, I saw that as a premiere and that was like that was like awesome. Just they got everything right. They got the Greek mythology in there. They got her dealing with the modern world, and then at the end they have the cheetah show up, which was so great. Oh, that was awesome! Because it was like, yeah, yeah the whole because the crowd. I was at a at a comic con, and they, everyone was like, yeah, and it's like just a high note you could end it on. Yeah, I I was there at WonderCon when they previewed it, uh, previewed it, and yeah, it was the same thing. The whole crowd loved it, you know, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, um, but like I said, I just felt my little niece. I couldn't show that to her. I'm sorry. She would just be like, you know, that that violence would have been too much for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing with all those DC animated things. They tend to. uh, Take take the take the go to the violence meter and turn it up to eleven because we can get away with it because these are direct to DVD. We don't have to worry about dealing with right. censors or anything like that. You know, like so that's why you things you see things they wouldn't have done in the Justice League Unlimited in the, the Justice League movies. You know, like you know, blood actually showing blood and injury. So, um, Which is anyway. weird because <clears throat> animations are usually more appealing to kids these days. So you, you'd think right. that they would actually avoid that. But anyway, I'm well, going to wrap it up because we're getting to the end of the hour. But before we do, I'm just going to to thank everybody for doing this all over again, even though we're launching into the next point, because I just wanted to say, last time we did it, I had one of my, fa- I get, I had one of my favorite jokes of all time that we, that we, I think, to our benefit, that we avoided this time. Because yes. it wouldn't have been the spontaneous joke it was, but I can't well, stand it. It was called it was the, called the Wonder She Mail song, which I composed. <laughs> but I have found a way to make it up to everybody, and let's just say that you guys haven't heard the last of Wonder She Mail. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Don't forget Molester Bot. Don't forget <laughs> Molester Bot. <Yes>. Molester Bot. <laughs> Yeah. Anybody who has a, the the uh, honor, quote unquote, of speaking with Scott on Skype can see what molester bot is. <laughs> so there, that, that'll give you a reason to call up Scott on Skype. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a little break and do whatever we gotta do, and and then we're gonna come back and we're going to pretty much do the same thing with the with the Captain America movie 
Yeah, America. Yeah. America. So, so the so so yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how how Andy's going to deal with it. But uh, just... do you want me to stick around for Captain America? Because I haven't seen it. But it's well, not he can talk about in the morning now. So the time. I could, yes, but I think he's a bit lame, and I prefer Union Jack. Oh well, there you go. Oh, <laughs> well, of, well, of uh, course you do. Yes. Oh, chap. That's what I heard. <laughs> very about. Good. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, they had they had Fallsworth in the movie, so you know you yeah, get your, yeah. uh, you get yeah, your well, Brit- well, yeah. I do. I am looking forward to seeing it because I do love Captain there America. There are British people in that work. movie. Yeah. I well, think the they're girl real British. British people too, but they're straight. Okay. I don't. Get it? <laughs> oh, well, well, oh, it's a movie. That's right. Yeah, isn't Haley Atwell? Oh, isn't Haley Atwell British? It, you know, am, yeah. am I, I, I think the girl was British. She yeah. is. Yeah. Right. Well, the girls aren't gay in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> They're just very, very lonely. <laughs> where the oh, where the hell was this Wonder Woman's movie supposed to take place? Did they ever Los say? Angeles. Oh, was Los it Angeles. okay? Right. Well, that's why you see the Disney. That she was running down the Hollywood uh, Boulevard. She was running. The yeah. Boulevard. So I mean, yeah, I saw the picture you sent with the uh, Disney fountains and stuff like that. That place is right next door to the El Capitan Theater. That's why I was wondering yeah. where this was actually supposed yeah. to take place. Yeah. They didn't show. They didn't show the outtake scene where she was running and she tripped over the the boob imprints of Linda Carter's star on Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> right down. Oh, that, that's that's that what they awesome. made her co- they made her co-star stand in the impression of Linda Carter's boobs to <laughs> to make them appear shorter than her. Oh. All right, it's it's degrading again. It's degrading all <laughs> okay. the time. That's what we we make sure of it. All right, <laughs> we will be right back with Captain America. I thought we were already on break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm saving all that. <laughs> Scott was already getting lunch. Wonder Shemale, the whole world is waiting for you, and the penis you possess, legs as long as stalks, muscles hard as rocks, but you got a giant... Hey kids, comics! Hey Michael! Yes? We have to record a promo for our podcast. I've got one. Read our podcast. Read... Our podcast. You do know this is an audio medium. Watch our podcast. Well, you can watch podcasts, but not ours, because let's face it, we've got faces for radio. Uh, no, wait, I've got it. Give me a second, right? What? Just listen to our podcast. Listen to our podcast. Snap it. It's short, sweet. I'm liking it. It's good. It's great. Not exactly telling people what our podcast's about, though, is it? We read comics. We read comics. That's true. It's good. Liking it. Liking this pitch. Carry on. Right. We talk about comics. We do. We talk about comics. We read comics, and then we talk about them because we can't talk about them before we read them. Excellent. Keep going. And then we, we sing. Badly. Yes. Well, badly is purely subjective. But how many other comic book podcasts do you know where people sing? Ages comics. Every Thursday at aplayland.podomatic.com. Why, hello there, lovely ladies. May I just say that you look quite beautiful in your matching Slave Leia metal bikinis? You have permission to come aboard my den of nerd erotica. Some people would call it my mom's garage. I call it 10.1 forward. Can I interest you in a death stick? No? 
I was just kidding. Have a shot of trying. Once you get loosened up, we can play a friendly game of strip fizzbin. Let me loosen that strap. Hey suckers, Maury Clawhammer here, okay? You want your freaking Star Wars? I got your Star Wars right here! What about the Star Trek? You like that shit too, right? Right? That's what I thought. Well, we got that and we got more freaking comics than you can read in your entire miserable goddamn life. Hey, there's even a girl who talks about unicorns and goddamn Harry Potter and M... 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 Them goddamn oriental cartoons with the big eyes. So you get your ass over to the Two True Freaks podcast at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. That's spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N, alright? Alright? Good. You can get there on the internets and choose from hundreds of quality Two True Freaks podcasts. And would it kill you to buy a goddamn t-shirt? Remember, Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks. Well, we've got the same same cast and crew from last time, but this time we're going to be talking about something that's more likely that more people have seen, and that's a Captain America movie. And, it, and it's kind of like the last of the superhero movies of the summer. So uh, I think we're going to do just like we did last time and, and go in a circle according to my Skype icons. So we're going to start out with the, the double sausage-spearing hair metal hero and uh, get his thoughts on... Uh, Captain America. Hey, a superhero movie that had superheroics in it. That's wild, huh? Oh man, this will be this movie was rad. Um if you're gonna do a straight up superhero version of Captain America, where he's not fighting Nazis, he's fighting super Nazis, I think this is how you do it, without it coming off as cheesy or trite or uh you know, anything that could be construed as ridiculous. This is a, a Captain America that works for what they're trying to do with the movies and I uh, enjoyed it greatly and I'm going to gush about this movie so send it on to the next guy wow you're like you're like the the manic you're going from one extreme to the other we're just twisting your uh, your emotions on this show yeah alright so next in line is the, the grim faced sunglassed icon of Sean Foster Glaring uh, at me uh, from my Skype screen. <laughs> uh, uh, Captain America was awesome. I loved it. So it first day, you know, it was a pretty packed crowd. Everybody was cheering when they were supposed to be cheering. And yes, Captain America needs to beat up super Nazis. What, what, what's worse than Hitler? Super Hitler. <laughs> I'm saying with space Hitler. Space mm. super space Hitler. That's what we need. Super. That's that's super the space Hitler. I space want that Hitler. action figure right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, come on, Americans. You can do better than that. What about Mega Space Hitler? Mega Space Hitler. Space Hitler. That's the Daikaiju version. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 Power Rangers one. No, 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 no. It would be Mecha Space Hitler. Mecha <laughs> Space that's, Hitler. That's All the Hitlers space. come together to form Mega Space Hitler. Oh. <laughs> it's like there's a summit meeting with Russian Hitler and... and <laughs> American Hitler and Mexican Hitler, oh, Hitler. and the gay British Hitler. <laughs> Prayed by Kerry Elwes. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, Liz Hurley, both would work. <laughs> She'll just be female Hitler. Yeah. 
chick. Girl Hitler. <laughs> but wasn't there actually, didn't somebody actually do a series of skits of gay Hitler? Or he was a character on Saturday Night Live or something. Oh, so no, I got it. Mary Hitler. Monty Python. Mary Hitler. Mary Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, the Hitler family. <laughs> oh, God. The, the, well, they have a little Hitler dog and... <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Hitler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh good! I think he's mild-mannered boy reporter Billy Billy Adolf or whatever the hell Adolf Katz. <laughs> you know, see Kyle and becomes uh, all, all the uh, yeah exactly all the Hitler humor seems kind of tasteless. But then when I think about it, the real Hitler would just be squirming. Listen to this guy. So this is what became of the name Adolf Hitler. Right. <laughs> is a bunch of guys having a sausage fest podcast and and ridiculing me by making me into a uh, gay no, and a dog and <laughs> Oh man, and then there'd have to be Jewish Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's over the line. <laughs> Rabbi Hitler. <laughs> Talk about your okay. self-hating Jew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we just lost one third of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> what we didn't lose? We didn't lose half the audience. What listening to Wonder Woman? Oh. Yeah, well, oh. no, we never had that half of the audience because <laughs> yeah, they were female. <laughs> <laughs> we're just chipping away, <laughs> chipping away. It's going to be down to you and Scott listening to your own shows at this point. I don't know. It's a science fiction show, but all they do is like make Hitler, Jew, and gay Brit British jokes, and they talk about junk food. It's I. They lost me somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> how about those super Nazis? Yes. Yeah, okay, so so what you're saying is you liked Captain America? Oh, I like Captain America. It was great. It was it was awesome. Um, definitely one of the best superhero movies of the year. But I guess we could talk about that, you know, comparing them all later. So let someone else get their gushing going. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll get the, the fresh Chris Gallo, the fresh-faced Chris Gallo. And Chris Gallo, his icon, being also a black-and-white portrait and the exact opposite of <laughs> of, Sean Fo of Sean Foster's in almost every way with the dark hair and the beaming smile. <laughs> what what do you have to say, uh, <laughs> beneficent Chris Gallo? I, I loved it. I I was really worried about this movie when I uh, first heard they were going to do this. I had you know, uh, images of the '70s Captain America on his on his plastic plastic um, shield on a motorcycle. Uh, so I was really afraid because um, Cap is probably one of my favorite characters, like second favorite all of all superheroes, and I loved it. I absolutely loved every bit of this. I think it was great. Um, I loved the fact that he had, they showed him learning and becoming a soldier, you know, in battle. You know, you know that little montage of them breaking in and attacking all the different bases. Um, there was just enough of some of the characters from the comics, you know, the, the Howling Commandos were there, or most of them. Um, you know, Peggy, the whole bit. It was, they hit every note that I wanted to see. I loved it. You know, I, two thumbs up, the whole bit, you know. I want, I want to go see it again. Definitely going to buy this when it comes out on DVD. 
All right, um, Sean Engel. Uh, I kind of figured for the summer movies uh, this year that Captain America would be a great movie because Joe Johnston has that kind of feel that is specifically themed for this kind of movie. Uh, if you don't know, Joe Johnston was the guy who directed Captain America. He also directed a great movie, which you guys have talked about, The Rocketeer, which is basically set in the same era, the 1940s. It's got that sort of pulp feel, and Captain America just uh, did it perfectly. Um, that being said, uh, even though it was a great film, I actually thought, I actually like Thor just a tiny bit better over the course of the summer movies because I thought Thor would be a more difficult thing to adapt and the fact that they got it so right was why that movie went out but won out of uh, Captain America but Captain America was an amazing film uh, Chris Evans did a really good job of portraying uh, a hero an actual comic book hero not some angsty vigilante you know that you would see in the Nolan films he was he was pure, he was good, he did what was right, he was everything that a hero should have been, and um, let's see, uh, Stanley Tucci as Professor um, Erskine. Erskine, yes. Yeah. You know, it was a great job in motivating him and making sure they got the character right, you know, that they that, that he made sure that he picked the right person to get the super soldier film serum. Uh, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones was good as a typical, stereotypical, gruff general. Haley Atwell was beautiful, amazing. Uh, you know, and and finally Hugo Weaving. You know, even though his his accent sort of, you know, I I kind of felt that it didn't fit at time. He was perfect as the Red Skull. And uh, you know, if you're gonna get a super Nazi, you know, uh, Hugo Weaving is the guy to go to. I would agree with that. Let's see, who else do we got here? Oh, um, what's your name? Scott Gardner. Um, You're an America fan, it. right? No, I hated it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You liar. <laughs> liar. <laughs> hated it. I just had to take the opposite side of... Uh, of uh, 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 you could tell you like it so much because, uh, I, I mean, you just you, you couldn't even muster up some good acting to even oh. make it convincing. <laughs> His love of the film was breaking through. Yeah, you couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't even get that half second of everybody going, oh, what, 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 what? What, what, huh? <laughs> no, I did. I, I really enjoyed uh, Captain America. Um... I, I went into it with a lot of trepidation too, because you know all the versions we've had, you know, live action versions we've had so yeah. far have not been good. You know, I, I have fond memories of the the seventies one only because I was a kid and didn't know any better. So the the one, it's not really even a nod to that, but the one parallel between that and this that I really liked was that Cap rode a motorcycle a lot. Yeah, just, yeah. Just motorcycle, and that was the biggest memory I took away. From the old, uh, what was his name? Reb Brown or whatever. Reb uh, Brown. Uh, Space Mutiny. Was <laughs> him riding the motorcycle, you know? Uh, so, you know, I was glad to see that in this. I thought Chris Evans um, did a fantastic job. You know, I didn't have quite the same reaction that, that a lot of other people seem to have when he was cast. I was like, I could live with that. I mean, the only thing that bugged me is that he'd already played, you know, a superhero. He'd played the Human Torch in the two FF movies, but I thought he was the best part of those movies. I liked him as the Human Torch. I wasn't sure how he would be as Captain America because 
that's pretty much all I'd ever seen him in was the the FF movies. So I wasn't sure if that was his real character, kind of the the wise ass, you know. And in this, he was very different. He was very sincere, and uh, and I thought he really captured the essence of Steve Rogers and and Captain America. So I thought I thought he did a fantastic job. I, I had a good time with that, and his previous turn as the Human Torch didn't distract at all from my enjoyment of this. No, um, he was he was perfect. Yeah. Speaking well, of uh, the Human Torch, that was one of my favorite moments of this movie. Oh and one of the yeah. Throwouts was uh, of course I'm a I'm a huge fan of the of the World's Fairs. You know, uh, uh, particularly the the thirty nine forty one, and then later the sixty four sixty five one, and the fact that now two of the Avengers lead-up movies have both given nods to both of those World's Fairs very yeah. lovingly and very accurately just totally had me geeking out because the World's Fair as shown in this was just, it took the yeah. 3940 World's Fair and made it even more sci-fi and a little bit more futuristic and, and a little wow. bit more comic booky, and I loved it. You know, seeing the Human Torch costume in the case and all that just all the different elements and then of course you know i totally geeking out when we had the uh you know it was a different version it was a suspended version but the monorail was just every time the monorail would yeah. go by i was like oh that's well, cool yeah <laughs> that was really that was neat. well at least it, uh, but the only thing it didn't have it didn't have molester bot <laughs> we just we just didn't see molester bot he's the secret he'll, easter egg he'll, he's a, yeah he'll be on the dvd I need no. to see this again. I've only seen it once. I saw it in the theater, but I really need to see it again to see if the, the Trilon and Perisphere were shown, because I can't remember if they actually were there or not. Yes. But the All-Star Squadron I, crosses over. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love to see that, you know, if, if this is actually supposed to be that exact same World's Fair, or if this is a more like I don't, th I don't think it is. I, I think, think they call it something no, else. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's, it is either. It's, yeah, because the whole thing is they tore that down in like 42 for scrap metal. Right. Like most they of that was the, gone. Like something so. up Expo or something. It was called yeah. Expo yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. But it was close enough that I knew what they were. Yeah. Much yeah. like in Iron Man 2, you know, the, the Stark Expo in that, you know, the the older one, you know, yeah. the one that, that Tony sees the film of, you know, that's clearly, yeah. you know, the 65, you know, the 64, 65 yeah. World's Fair. Yeah. So, you know, I really was geeking out about it. I, that was a big thing for me. Um, the the Rocketeer parallels in this were excellent uh, because I was really hoping that Johnston would not shy away from, you know, the the thing that every fanboy really was excited about when his name was attached is the fact that he had done the Rocketeer and really knocked it out of the park with that movie. That movie to me is, you know, one of the top superhero you know comic book adaptations it, it's a great movie you know whether you're familiar with the comics or not it's just a great superhero film one of you know at, at the time it was out and for a long long time it was one of the few great comic book movies up until recently when when marvel really started you know ramping up their game and putting out really solid superhero movies yeah. for the longest time that list of truly great superhero films was very short. You know, you had your, you know, Superman one and two, you had the Rocketeer and you had a handful of others and that was it. And most everything else was pretty much crap. So I was really hoping he would not shy away from the fantastic job he had done at the Rocketeer and really bring that same feel to this movie. And I feel like for the first half of this movie, it's totally, you know, the Rocketeer. And I love that. I thought that was awesome. Um, 
On the other side, though, I do have a few, um, not really anything major. I, I, I pretty much classify them as nitpicks or slight disappointments. The biggest one being, I'm not crazy about the score. Now, I really enjoy uh, uh, Alan Silvestri. You know, he's written some of my favorite scores, which is the, the Back to the Future trilogy. I love those scores. He also did things like Castaway, um, the first Gump. Movies, yeah, Forrest Gump, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is a fantastic score. He he's a great composer, and I'm not knocking him. I just maybe this is a score that will grow on me later on, but I just didn't really feel it. You know, I really wish, you know, talking about so much of the the Rocketeer parallel, I really wish that James Horner had scored this movie because James Horner is very good at the uh, at. For lack of a better term, like a military score, because he, uh, who I can think of off the top of my head would be like Apollo 13 or uh, Clear and Present Danger are both fantastic scores. When who, I listen who, to that, I'm sorry? Who did Wrath of Khan? Was that him? Yeah, yes. Uh, that was yeah, that was Horner. That's another yeah. military. That's another definitely Very, the whole yeah. running out the guns. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that would have been interesting just hearing that sort of. Take, but then again, he tends. Does he? Does, he does seem to tend to repeat himself a lot with his scores. After his score for Avatar, I don't think I ever want to hear him score another film again. Yeah, that, that whole thing was recycled. Uh, yeah, well, the whole movie was recycled. It's Dancing with Bulls with Smurfs mm-hmm. <laughs> in space. Yeah, see, I, I haven't seen that, but yeah, that is a that is a common criticism leveled against Horner, and unfortunately, I, I have come to agree with that. That. For the longest time, I defended that with him that, you know, well, you know, all composers kind of do that. But no, maybe they all do. But he does it the most of any of them where there there are sometimes entire, you know, several minutes thematic tracks that are the same as Cocoon and Star Trek Two share a, 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 a track. That's exactly yeah. the same on both soundtracks. And there's yeah. no difference at all. So, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I yeah, mean, with that. But not everybody, well, not everybody can be John Williams or Ennio Morricone where they just do these awesome scores and it's like each time it's different, you know, and each time it's better than the last time you heard it, you know, so. Well, because they, they still use late motifs and most of oh, the composers yeah. today don't, so. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like my, my dream is to have Ennio Morricone and John Williams do the score for the greatest superhero movie ever. That would just be awesome. <laughs> that, that, those no, no guys, John Williams doing the superhero one, and 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 Morricone. if they ever did a real Jonah Hex movie, Mark oh, Tony doing the Jonah yeah. Hex yeah. Yeah. movie, yeah, I'd be, oh, that'd be oh, awesome. No, they, they could do the they could do that that crisis story from uh, the J- JLA one where Morricone when they go back in time to meet Jonah Hex, they do have the Morricone score, and then they have the John Williams score for the that other half. That would be very cool, yeah. Uh, could, I'd love to hear a Morricone score for Batlash and all those guys. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I had to blame Scott for me paying attention now more to uh, film scores. You know, I tend to go to the movie, I'm like, I want to I hear the music. Could you just lower the dialogue a little bit <laughs> at times? So, but no, it's, yeah, this, the only thing that I think really is memorable for everybody is that Star Spangled Man song. And that's not right. Alan Silvestri, that's somebody else. I mean, I was humming that song when I was walking out of the theater because it was like sort of gets into your head, you know. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the score isn't quite memorable, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the the Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, had managed yeah. to work in the the theme from the old '60s animated show. I wish that this movie had somehow found a way to work in, you know, well, the Captain 
America, you know, when Captain I, America I, throws his mighty shit. I wish they had done that, and they never did. I, I don't. I, I, I guess if they had done something like if they had done a scene where they showed like them doing like a Adventures of Superman style, the Adventures of Captain America, and they sort of have like that when he throws his mighty shield. You know, yeah, they probably like could have done that. Or what about the scene where the kid was reading the comics? You know, they could have yeah. put that they in the radio. Kid, kid watching a black and white cartoon of him at the. No, they showed they, they showed the the propaganda films he was doing too. Uh -huh. They yeah. could have put it. Yep. They could have done it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it might still happen. It might come along in the Avengers. You know, maybe when he's reintroduced to the public or something. Maybe yeah. you know they'll work it in somewhere. That's so gonna, it, it could still happen. That's going to be interesting if they try to do a parallel with that, where they, you know, they're trying again to use him as propaganda in the modern day, and he's like, "No, I'm a soldier. I, I got to go fight, you know, the bad guys. I'm not going to uh, just do this version of Nick Fury would do that to him." Yeah, I have uh, a feeling. Did, this, did you read? Did you read? Pretty pragmatic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I just, ah, I, I, I kind of. I, that's the only thing that really bugged me about the Howling Commandos is we didn't have Nick Fury there. That would have been, but. I don't. I don't think they wanted to have try to try to have the audience try to figure out. So why is Sam Jackson in the 1940s not looking any different? You know. So I, I kind of like the fact that the the commandos were Cap's team, though. I kind of dug yeah, that. They, yeah. 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 I, I. Yeah. Well, it, it it took that. They've had a couple of stories where the Howling Commandos and Cap teamed up, and it's like you know when Captain America's there. I love you, Nick, but you're gonna take. You know, you're gonna be number two. It's Cap. Cap is the leader. You know, he's the guy who'll just, like, he knows what to do, so. Yeah. Hello? Well, I'm, I'm just <laughs> trying to think who's next. Oh, it's me! Yes. Well, I, I guess my little encapsulated thought of it would be, this movie proves that you can make a superhero movie that's, a, that's an honest, you know, straight-up superhero movie without any of the modern angsty stuff and make it work. Without make without it being hokey, you know, that's yeah. always I think they're always afraid, uh, you know, that they're gonna get branded doing stupid comic book stories or something. Well, here's one that does it straight up, and it were and that's that's all Joe Johnson's to Joe well, Johnson's credit because he really he plays up he 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 doesn't just make it look like the time period. He makes it feel like the time period. He films. In a in a linear sort of more old school traditional style, so it's not all jump cuts and when yeah. there's battles, you can see what's going on. Yeah, no shaky cam. There was no, no shaky oh, cam. God. You yeah. know, it, it doesn't have it doesn't have any you know just modern things poking their nose in and, and ruining anything or yeah. or modern colloquialisms or yeah. or characters who don't act like they were back in that time. And they have yeah. a, and you have a character who's honestly just a, a plain and simple good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's he's a just, runt that with a lot of moxie, and yeah. it's recognized. And he's made into a superhero because of that. And there's no he there's no period where he's like, do I really want to be Captain America? What you know? He just. Yeah. He, he's well, he's ready to do it from the very start, you know. Well, it's all it's all also they did a very the thing is you know they weren't going to be able to fit in like an hour of him just you know having sort of a mentor or father figure. So those scenes he had with Erskine were just so essential to saying no, yes, you know him him he did have his moment of doubt like you know why am I here and Erskine's just like because you're you're a guy you're not doing this because you want to kill people or hurt people you just want to stop people from fighting. You want to put an end to the war quickly, you know? 
the whole question you don't asked, like bullies yeah yes yeah yeah it's like like i do so you want to go kill nazis no i, I don't want to kill anyone you know, i just don't like bullies that's like that just like perfectly encapsulates like what steve who mm-hmm. steve rogers did i yeah. don't like bullies you know i you know i don't and you could see it this is the guy you could see he's the guy who will tell the god of thunder like no don't do that, was, that you know that's what impressed me the most it's like i i was thankful that they got a performance out of him where yeah he's going to be able to tell thor, thor and iron man iron man this yeah. is what you're going to do well, he's still gonna—he's gonna be able to tell Nick Fury to shut the fuck up, which I think is gonna be great. You know, when Nick Fury, you, talk- Nick Fury. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, well, look at look at the whole scene at you know the very very end where he wakes up. It's like, yeah, Shield people are lucky Nick Fury showed up to take the beat down and not them because they weren't stopping Cap. Look at him. Look how quickly yeah. he broke out of that building like, like what nothing. I, you know. Yeah. Well, as soon as he woke up, he figured out something was wrong. Was bop, 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 yeah. and he was sprung into action. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was great. The only thing that would have been better if he had hit actually they had done the full scene from the Ultimates where he hits Nick Fury in the head with the bedpan. You know? <laughs> but I don't think Sam, Sam Jackson like I'm Sam Jackson. I'm not getting head hit in the head with a bedpan. <laughs> Something like that. You know? You know and Yeah. Yeah, uh, what I thought was interesting was that they um going back to Doctor Erskine, you know, being the yeah. father figure, how that's the reverse of what it was in the in the comics. I mean, he didn't have yeah. that much of a role. It was more the no. general was the yeah. father figure. And I'm wondering, is it because of the actors they got? Because I can't see Tommy Lee Jones no. being that father figure. I mean, he pretty much was playing Tommy every role, every other He's role. He's doing Tommy every Lee role Jones. he yeah. ever does, but he does yeah, it great. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. You know, and and. And uh, Tucci did such an incredible job. I mean, oh, it works. well, well, the whole thing is they did they, they 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 didn't go they didn't go overboard. You know, they gave they tied him into the Red Skull. They gave a logical reason for him keeping the formula in his head. He's like, no, this is too dangerous. You know, because you know, even you could even see there was a certain amount of hesitancy. Like when Tommy Lee Jones was like, yes, we're soon going to have an army of those guys, and Tucci's like. I don't want to give that Hodge guy this uh, formula because he's gonna, gonna turn into a big old asshole, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it just he he was he was exactly what they needed for that part. They needed somebody who wasn't gonna overshadow everybody, but sort of like provided a little bit of humor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when they're having the drink and he goes, "Oh, oh, wait, you're drinking? Yes, yes. I don't have a procedure tomorrow. You do, <laughs> you know." <laughs> was, and I yeah, it was. It was- it was just all these. You had the his and his mirror image was. You know, you had the the Red Assistant. Skull and Captain America's mirror images, and then the yeah. Red Skull's you know Assistant, Assistant. is another. They're both German guys. Yeah. But one's a German guy who got the hell out of there before you know saw the Nazis happening and was like, yeah. I don't want anything to do well, with no. this. I'm opposed I think, to this. I think it- I think it's more along the lines of he's what if Erskine wasn't a stronger person he would have just stayed and let the Red Skull keep bullying him because that's the right. sense like that's you know Arnzola he was loyal but at the same time he was loyal because he knew the Red Skull would rip his head off he, he, right you know? right he was loyal out of fear right yeah, yeah. and Something. it's like they did yeah. sorry uh, oh, go ahead uh, I was gonna say it kind of strikes me now as I'm thinking about it it's thinking about it now I'm getting a real strong Superman one vibe from it it's it's very much got its heart on its sleeve and just the relationship between Erskine and Cap is really it's like a Park Kent Superman relationship yeah. almost. But they yeah, they were able to get it like all done in like twenty minutes and you're like, Yeah, 
maybe there are scenes we didn't see like they, they when he's training and you see like earth kind sort of like sort of giving him that look like you can keep keep going i brought you here for a reason yeah. you know and that you know we're like caps like why am i here i, I can't keep up with this you know i, I gotta then, ask you guys were they were there gasps in your audience when he got shot because I think yeah. there was a there was a ton in mind. Yeah. I was I you know I was just gonna bring that that up as as you know his character was just sort of sketched in, but they but you know the actor really you know yeah. he really made him a good. I really liked his character, and when that whole scene started playing out, I knew like, that he was gonna yeah. catch a bullet. And I was like, genuinely did not want him to catch a bullet. I was just like, no, I don't want to see this. I like this character. I want him to stick around. You know, usually yeah. in a movie, it's like, okay, here's where the kindly old scientist meets his Gets shot. Yeah, meets doom. his doom. Yeah, and yeah. and and that's and that's the end of it. And usually they portray him as a kindly old scientist, but he's done some bad things. So yeah. it's kind well, no, of I'm, atonement well, they, for that. But this one, well, they, it's just like, oh, geez, I don't want to see that guy go. Well, I mean, he, no, the thing is, they did have him say, like, this is why he's doing it, because he feels guilt over letting himself, you know, be threatened into giving the Red Skull the formula himself. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know what, if I can just do one good thing, you know, I can, you know, my, my, my guilt myself. is sweet. Yeah. yeah, and he was. I just mean, like me re-recording this podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are Dr. Erskine. You need you to have a long way yourself. to go yet, sir. <laughs> I, I kind of got the impression that that Red Skull stole it from him because you actually see well, in the flashback yeah. it's Red Skull yeah. injecting himself. Yeah. It's not but the I perfected got, well, formula yet. Yeah. Why well, else? He think still that made Erstein, it though. Yeah. It's yeah, like Erskine pissed you. into it first. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Skull is red because of Erskine's piss. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. God. laughs> Allergic reaction. <laughs> I took it because he didn't have the uh, Vita rays that Stark produced. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the whole him. thing. The Vita rays. The Vita rays. I love that they, they went to the. I full, wish there was the Flintstone full. Vita rays. I would. Told- <laughs> <laughs> chewable Vita rays. <laughs> Flintstone well, chewable Vita rays. I, I don't mean to to, to put- just growing. <laughs> There's there's one person we haven't heard from, and that's Andrew Leyland, who hasn't seen the movie. So Ooh, I think I'm going to re- visit the set. I'm going oh. to rephrase the question a little bit for you, since you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, why do you like Captain America better than Captain Britain? Um, <laughs> I don't. Captain Britain just comes across as a big stiff. If he was a football hooligan, he'd probably be All a lot cooler. All British people come across as big. St- oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Well, the big stiff bit. Um, I just like Captain. I grew up with Di Matteis and Mike Zeck doing Captain America. Amen, brother. And so I don't think you read another reason why I think he's so cool because that was a brilliant run. Um, I got to visit the set, and if it's, I mean, people are comparing it here to Superman the movie. So if it is really that good, I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing it. Um, you, I you, did, you actually did get to visit the set. Oh, I thought you were just bullshitting like we usually. No, do. No, no, it was Phil. If you saw any of the footage of Manchester being hooliganized. Uh, Oxford Road was on that footage. Just down there was where they filmed the, sh- the film. I re- filmed the film. And uh, I went down when I was in Manchester for my job to have a look at the set. All oh, decked awesome. out with 1940s um, boxing oh, posters wow. on the wall and all that. It looked really cool. I didn't see any of the actors. It was just big burly men walking around with walkie-talkies stuffing the face with subway butties. 
But yeah. <laughs> it, it did look really cool. And at the very end of the road, you could look down and they had this huge matte painting of New York in, I mean, is the early part of the movie about 1939-ish, 1940. Mm-hmm. You look down and they had this forced perspective painting at the end of the road to make it look like you were looking down into New York. It was a fantastic set. Oh, wow. That's great. I'm glad that, I'm glad that they use giant matte paintings still. Yeah. Well, that's the whole I would have loved to have seen somebody run right into it like Wile E. Coyote, too. That would have been great. Well, in the film, did they not substitute it with a CGI painting? Or is it is not still the map painting? Because it was a huge thing. It did genuinely cover the full end of the road. Right, well, and, and with camera even... angles and stuff, you could probably... And then, like, if you did catch the edge of it you could digitally fix it yeah yeah i want i wonder what happens to those matte paintings what the hell do you do with something like that they get rolled up cut up look at star trek like star trek we used how many different matte paintings they would just chop it up you know move it around a little bit you know reattach it i mean next generation did that they had like what four or five matte paintings that they kept using over and over again for cityscapes yeah yeah, i guess they they would roll it up and now as well to make money See, yeah, imagine wants... how, if, they, if they auction it off at like Comic Con, here's a little car oh. of, was used in for charity or something. They could probably yeah. make money. You see, as as a collector, eBayer type of guy, I want I want I want that whole the big roll. That would be just amazing. <laughs> you just roll it out just... in front of your house, hang it in front of your house. <laughs> it just hurts me York. greatly. To, you know, when I was a kid, I used to imagine that you know film houses like Paramount or Disney or whatever had these vast warehouses where every prop ever used in any one of their movies all oh, still yeah. existed, were carefully labeled somewhere. And it disturbs me greatly to hear stories about. You know, some guy ends up, you know, using, you know, a tarp in his garage that was, you know, from some, you know, beloved movie of the 50s or something, well, you know, and has no idea of the value. Yeah. And, you know, that that's well, I mean, it's, it's not even like that. Chills. It's like, the, yeah, it doesn't even usually make it off the set. It's like the, no. then the painters get it and use it as a drop cloth or something. Yeah. Right. Next, uh, <laughs> and, and, well, Scott, yeah, that's uh, when I was at Disney in 91, you mentioned the Rocketeer because Joe Johnson directed it. I don't know if you know. But the Rocketeer helmet was on display at Disney when I was there then, along yeah. with his, his rocket backpack. Yeah. And is that yeah. still there? Because it was knackered when I saw it. They weren't I haven't seen the I haven't seen the helmet in quite a while, but the last I knew the helmet was on the Backlot Studio Tour over at the Hollywood Studios. The yeah. the one of the rocket packs Again, last I saw, and this was just recently, they they retooled and and, uh, refurbished the, uh, it's an attraction, it's basically a museum, it's called Walt One Man's Dream, and it's a walkthrough, like, you know, it's like a museum, but it tells a linear progression as you walk through it of the life of Walt Disney. Yeah, that's where we saw it, because they had all the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff as well. Yeah, and at the very end of that, there was a couple of, of small display cases that were just random bits of different movie memorabilia and props and things. And I remember one of the things they had was a headpiece from Tron. It was either Tron's or Flynn's, I forget. And then they had one of the Rocketeer backpacks. And, you know, so, yeah, they're still around. And, you know, a lot of that stuff is is still out there because I remember they had, like, Big Bunny from uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and stuff like that. So yeah. a lot of that stuff does still exist, but there's just as much of that stuff that you know is in warehouses somewhere as is you know in some landfill somewhere. So it's it's yeah. 
you know, and a lot of the well, stuff, honestly, it winds up in the hands of private people too. You know, whether you know they worked on a set and then you know they just were given or absconded with something when the film well, was over or whatever. Well, look at Star Trek. I mean, they built the one set for what the motion picture, and they ended up using that all the way through Next Generation, and it right. just never got. They kept just oh we're gonna we're gonna break the circular set down and put it back together to make it this bridge oh we need to have an older Starfleet ship so just break out the movie set we'll put that up even like you know like they didn't they Paramount's a lot better at recycling things than uh, other uh, studios like you know I I don't get the feeling that you know with Captain America I don't get the feeling that they just threw out a lot of those props you know you might see them again if they do a flashback scene or something because they're definitely planning on doing more Captain America movies that's why the well, I was going to ask you that as you've all yeah. seen it would you have preferred if the new Avengers movie wasn't coming up would you have preferred more World War 2 Cap movies or does this pretty much fulfill all that they well, leave they, it they open yeah, they can do flashbacks because yeah. it takes yeah, place it's like it's like an eighteen it's like six, month. Yeah, it's like they like have that. him. Yeah, they have him like become cap. Then he spends like a year doing the USO tour, and then they spend like it's like seven months of the montage from uh, when they start going after the super Nazis, aka Hydra. You know, Hell so. Hydra. Hell Hydra. I, I'll say yeah, that I, you know, I, I you know one of the one of the things that came up before when we were discussing this was I, I had posed the question that do you think there should be at least one more movie for um well you know like iron man has had two movies now and then we're going into the adventures I, I pretty much feel like that was pretty good for him and you know did did we all feel like maybe there should be one more cap one more thor i definitely feel that way as much as i'm itching for the avengers i do kind of feel like we need one more cap movie one more thor movie before we get to the avengers however i wouldn't want it to be um, another cap in World War II because that was, you know, one of my last quibbles I had on my list with Cap. As much as I hate to say it, I really loved the movie. Don't get me wrong, but there, there was a reason why I distinguished between the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie because I felt like the second half slowed down a lot for me. And by the time we got to the whole um, airplane final fight thing with the Red Skull at the end, I frankly i was getting a little bored i was ready for the story to kind of move along and that i blame that honestly it's not really the movie's fault it was me because of my familiarity with the character i knew exactly where we were going so it was kind of one of those all right hurry up hurry up hurry up get past this it's you know a lot of comic book origin movies suffer this with me because i already know where the story's going so i i I get impatient the first spider-man movie was like that for me you know, where I was like, come on, just get to the friggin' story yeah, yeah, already. Radioactive spider, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind well, of the same yeah. thing that once I realized that, okay, we're headed for the deep freeze for Cap to bring him into the, you know, modern day, it was just kind of like, all right, just get there already. You know, I, I didn't need enough <laughs> yeah. him talking to, you know, his girlfriend and stuff, you know. I'm sorry, what? Is Bucky in it? Yeah, Bucky is. Yeah, he is in it. Unfortunately, yes. he's not like classic comic book sidekick Bucky. He's more like God. best friend. See, I, I don't. I don't agree. I, I really wish they had gone with the with the sidekick Bucky. I would I think not that have worked, been. man. Not no. This. No. I, I liked it more in the fact in the movie that Bucky was more of a brother to him 
rather right, than yeah. Cap being sort of the father and father. being sort of yeah. the son. So yeah, I, there I, was, it made a, there was a nice little twist of Bucky was like his older brother. He was he was a tough guy and the guy who could get the girls and everything. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden the roles get reversed. You know, there, yeah. they but he not, even mentioned something about that of, and like. Yeah. You know, the girls ignoring him over over Captain America. So that that it, it was not, you know, subtle or anything, but it was a nice little little uh touch to it. Yeah. Well, I think I think it, all the extra cast members outside of Cap and everybody. I thought a really good job of even with like the Howling Commandos giving them a bit of personality. You know, Dum Dum Dugan was he was yeah. great. He was awesome. He was yeah. Badass. Bowler hat with the stars and stripes on it. Yes. Yep. And I like that they didn't give him like a ridiculous Chief O'Hara like Irish accent no. like you would. <laughs> he's you from would Boston and he's from Boston yeah. in the in the he had a Boston accent. Yeah, he had right. a Boston, he, well, he, yeah. But it he wasn't had, even yeah. an outrage it wasn't even an outrageous accent. He w- he came off as just Gruff. burly badass guy who yeah. liked to fight. And which is perfect. His role when he and, did in a Band of Brothers is almost yeah. the same character. Yeah. Well, they also did. They also did a really good job of portraying the soldiers as not stupid. Like no. they don't keep using their bullet guns when well, as soon, when they're breaking out of the camp. They go in. and They see like the they get like the uh, super laser pistols or whatever, and they're like, oh, oh, it disintegrates. Okay, let's switch to these. You know, let's get as many of these as we can and bust out of the camp with them. You know, and they keep using them for the rest of the movie. You know, so that was kind of cool. Well, yeah, they, they, they were portrayed as being dumb or just sort of like the collection of sidekick stereotypes. No, you know, no, then no, they, they weren't. You, know, you could argue they were, but no, they. You got the feeling like the the Asian guy and the French guy. They were friends, you know. You well, know, they, every, they, they everybody didn't was a single guy. They were like the Navy SEALs, you know. They, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. were the elite yeah. group for a reason. They were yeah. all alive had, because of a reason, because they were bad. And you had Fall, and you had Fallsworth there, and his, his complete with his red beret is like the the, 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 t- the token British guy on the. Yes, and step up a limp. Yeah, well, you that is a take, very good British accent. The, those guys had very, very, very little characterization, but you still but, got the feeling that they could have taken either one of them and done a whole story. On yeah. them that w- and they would be a, yeah. probably a good action hero on yeah. their own, you know. Like Gabe, like Gabriel Jones. Like, how many? Uh, can you drive a tank? I can drive. Yeah, you know, I can speak this. You know, if they, they, you got the feeling that you could do, say, a Hogan's Heroes with all those guys, mm-hmm. and that you would watch it, you know. But, they, but it wasn't like that. Wasn't all their, you know, they had stories, but you didn't necessarily need to know them. They got enough yeah. of the character across short scenes like yeah I w- I'd watch a Halloween Commandos movie you know just Dum Dum yeah. Dugan leading him through World War 2 you know just so like so do you think they like could have oh sorry yeah. no I it's like it's much like everyone could watch a movie and needle hunting I could watch a movie the the, uh, the Howling Commandos after Cap what they did you know keep going carrying on the mission of Captain America hunting just a down straight up World War 2 movie with Two. not even yeah. any fantastic elements of just no. a, a, a battle movie I could I would yeah. watch that yeah so could Hello, they have had a Nick Fury in it, who was maybe the great great grandfather of Sam Jackson? Mm. Do they not even mm. have Nick Fury mentioned at all? No, not in World War Two. Right. No, not till the end. But you get the sense that Dum Dum Dugan was going to be recruited to head up Shield because he was like sort of right after Cap and Bucky, he was like number three in leading that group. You know, so it was like I'm just having trouble with the Howling Commandos 
not having Nick Fury. Without Nick. Yeah. But you know what? It worked. It worked, it worked. because they had yeah, Bucky. They had Bucky there do it. They had Bucky there doing the World War Two Nick Fury type of thing. You know, he was their sergeant in charge of their little group. And then you had Cap, and you know, Cap's Cap. You know, it's like it worked. You know, I mean, it it's, yeah. it, it wouldn't have worked like. It, trying to shoehorn a Nick Fury in there would have just it would have taken everybody out of the period because he he doesn't fit Sam, no offense to Sam Jackson as an actor I don't think he'd, he'd work well in a 1947 that's true he was still kind of Sam Jackson when he was in Star Wars you know so yeah you know like I'm not, yeah yeah yeah, I'm Mace Windu, motherfucker. No, we will not. Yeah. You know, just that. Yeah. It just sounded like a modern yeah. actor in like these times saying, no, we will not. I don't know. It's something subtle, but it wasn't. Well, yeah, he. Yeah, that, that, that was the whole thing about everybody in that movie didn't feel out of place. You didn't get the feeling that, you know, Tommy Lee Jones was playing Tommy Lee Jones, but. He fit in that period. He's done World War Two era movies before. He knows how to act, how to carry himself, and not appear like, hey, I'm just a guy who read a book on World War Two. I'm trying to be in it. No. He felt like he was in that period. Sam Jackson? No, he wouldn't have worked. Because he, he, it, it, too much of his act would not just not fit in that time period. Well, so. I think part of it is is the, if the more characters they have come back from the 40s, the less special it yeah. makes Cap yeah. and the Red Skull. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you well, kind of I mean, dilute, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, that's that's always been the big problem with Nick Fury in the regular comic books. It's like him, Red Skull, Cap, Iron Zola. Who didn't survive World War Two? Everybody. Hitler. Hitler's the Everybody only except one. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Hitler. Poor well, Hitler. that's that's questionable too because you know they say oh, Hitler's yeah, brain and the boys <laughs> from yeah. Brazil. And... Uh, but no, but I mean that. But that the whole thing is, it's it's like actually you're right. Wasn't Hitler's like consciousness in the cosmic cube or something at one point? Yeah, there's no, Wade. I, yeah, yeah. It's oh like, god, I gotta read that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, I still, that's still one of my. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that. Well, that was that was him building on something that Thomas did in the early seventies or something like that with the hate monger who was a Hitler clone created by Armzola. You know, right. so. It's yeah, just, how about you know, Armzola in the oh, movie? He was. I loved his first appearance, facing the television. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like they they got the thing is when they did shout outs, you have to know Captain America to get them. But when you got oh, yeah. them, they're like, yeah, you know, Namor would have been the only thing, Namor would have been cool if they could have worked a reference into him somewhere in that movie. They could they have got, got human- Patrick Duffy. <laughs> 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 What what one great shout out that I remember I think it was Scott you mentioned it when we when we originally did this was um the 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 reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. In there. Yeah. And there and I the, you know they they never really they uh, to its credit they never showed Hitler that he was mentioned but when they mentioned him the yeah. best reference to him it totally put it in a Raiders of the Lost Ark context and that was I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, Hitler's, yeah, yeah. Hitler's digging in a desert for trinkets while I'm looking for the real power. You know, and you, and you could get across that. Yeah, this is the Red Skull who may have been trained as like the elite Nazi, but even he knows Hitler's a bit of a joke. You know, I, I know what I'm doing. You, well, that's the sense I get from the modern Red Skull. It's like, yeah, he sort of moved beyond 
Hitler. He's more about no, I I know exactly how to use fascism to get what I want. You know, it's like I'm still the super Nazi, but I'm not you know Hitler's you know lapo dog or whatever. Right. Well, his know? ego. Uh, yeah, he's a super villain. He's not gonna. He's yeah. not gonna be like I'm a yeah. super villain, but I work for this government. You know. His, yeah. Uh, the only yeah. government he works for is his own government. You know, is yeah. Latveria or but, whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Is I think. The really the reason why the Red Skull worked is they cast Hugo Weaving was perfect. He got across that superior attitude. You know, he he plays that so well in a lot of roles. He in Matrix. He did that even in Lord of the Rings. You could tell his elf guy was like, "Yeah, you guys are just posers. I, I'm the real deal. I, I I'm better than all of you." Put I'm an together. elf. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, but he gets that across. But it but not. Don't in a you see my way. long blonde flowing hair? I am an elf. <laughs> well, not, <laughs> well, no, I don't think he, he actually, I think he just had hair extensions and dark hair extensions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something well. like that. But, yeah, but either way, it's like he gets across that superior uh, egotistical villain, but not in a scene-chewing way. You know, he, he, he knows how to get, say, just enough so you hate him, but at the same time, I want to see him back on that. I want, I want a, I want a 90-minute movie of him driving around in his, in his roads. The- oh, the, uh, the Skullmobile. The skull mobile, not the scratch. <laughs> not the scratch. He had there, class. Uh, oh yeah, he was yeah. red. He had. Yeah, it's like I just, I just, you know, uh, shows up with the super tank to get the um, the cosmic cube or the tesseract, as they kept calling it, you know. But it's like he just really, you know, everything was really good. I even liked him. Marvel ripped the rubber face off. You know, because yeah. it's like when he pulled it off, it was off. You knew that the movie just got real because the Red Skull said, "Screw it, I'm not trying to pretend to be normal anymore. I'm just, gonna, I'm just embracing my my skullness." That's well, that was that was one of the great things that they did with the the practical special yeah. effects in the movie is that yeah. you could tell looking at Hugo Weaving, you know, from sort of side shots and rear shots from him that. Yeah. There was something going on with his face. You could see the yeah. the lines yeah. where it was. So that was yeah, that well, was really neat. Yeah, the like whole. The mo- well, you had, you, thing you, you had really the moment where the guy, well, the, the, I think it was the moment, it was one of the ones where he gets hit and you sort of like see like his eye sockets just a little off and you just see like a little bit of red peaking and he sort of like pulls his face back into place and I think <clears> he shoots <throat> the guy right after that. He's like, oh no, you're about, I don't want people seeing what I'm looking like. But it was weird because when he was on missions, he liked wearing that. But when he was at home, it's like he has his portrait being painted as, you know, his full red skullness. You know, it's like he needed Captain America to help him realize who he really was. You know, once again, they defined each other in some ways, you know. Well, I, I, that that that's fine. That's sort of a superhero movie cliche yeah. now, but at least it, that they didn't they at least they didn't have the scene where the Red Skull goes, "You know, Captain America, you and I are the same, you know, and, and all that yeah. stuff. And we define each other. I'm, I'm yeah. glad they didn't do that. I'm glad no. that now we can just let that sit in the subtext and everybody we, understands it. Although Captain America and the Red Skull actually aren't the same. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, no. That's that's no. kind of a, a you know a credit to, again going back to Joe Johnston. He knows yeah. how to do that without you know having to do the trite cliche of you know you're my polar opposite. He you know, didn't, that he didn't have his actors chew the scenery at all. Even Tommy Lee Jones is a scenery chewer, but they put him in, well, they put him as a drill sergeant who are scenery yeah. chewers by trade. So yeah. 
You know, I mean, they're they're chewing everything. Well, I, besides I thought, the sc- I, scenery. Yeah, I I thought the scene where he interrogates Armzola and he's like, he offers the arms. I was like, what's in it? Meat, potatoes. <laughs> he just starts eating the steak right in front of him because like, oh, you don't want it? Sure, I'll eat. I'll eat it. I have <laughs> right. It's a yeah, steak. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's World War Two. It's these things are. I'm ratchet. Tommy Lee Jones work. in World War Two. I'm a drill sergeant. I'm gonna eat the goddamn <laughs> steak. Steak. Yeah, and it looked. Yeah, that was a good. Was a good looking steak. That was. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's just every you know, like there, I don't think there was necessarily wasted moments. You know, may, maybe Scott's got a. If you know it, it sort of strikes at the end because you want to get to the point where he freezes. But I don't think they really wasted too many moments in this movie. I don't you know, think there, so there wasn't, either. You know, unless you count the whole how Bucky died, which is, yeah, I, I, I just, I just, um, I, I, it's more, it's, I guess because some people are complaining about, you know, how Bucky died. I think when we recorded this last time, Scott wasn't happy because it wasn't, you know, Baron Zemo shooting, you know, a rocket off. And uh, Bucky getting caught on it, and Cap having to save him. But I think I don't know. Think that um, I just didn't work with this version of Bucky because I I just don't think this version of Bucky would let himself get caught like that. He, he you know kind of went out guns a blazing yeah. in this movie. You know, it's like you know if they would did the traditional you know you know teen Bucky, yeah, you know Bucky teen hostage, you know, but see, that would have <laughs> undercut the seriousness of the movie. You know, I don't think you could do because they were trying to show you know the war. They didn't sort of downplay the horrific aspects of the war. This was still a war. Like the whole scene where Cap shows up, it's like trying to do his normal USO show, and the soldiers are just like him. Like, dude, they were like, you know nothing about. We've been fighting here for for two years. You know, we're we you know we just not that bring on the girls. We're that, that's home. Ex- with- yeah, that's the, exactly. That's the prototypical. You know, they, that's they, the prototypical USO reaction. Once you get where the war is, is like, oh. uh, Bob Hope. Okay, we'll let you tell a couple jokes because you're Bob Hope. But bring on the girls and bring them <laughs> on pretty damn quick, or we're gonna start getting testy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I to address the the whole like lagging at the end. I don't know if if the second half of the movie lagged so much is I think it just I think the first half of the movie was so strong in the characterization and the way it portrayed it and and so good at at um at getting you into that that time period and that era and the and and you know his transformation into Captain America while usually you're you're sort of that's usually the part of an origin story where you're sort of like yeah I know this get it over with this is interesting because all the characters are good so you're you know you're rooting for them and you're wondering what's gonna you actually are concerned about what's gonna happen to him and then the end of it is while not being i i think boring it's more of a standard action movie it's like okay we have to resolve all this with the action and when you see it you know where it's you know where that action's going because it's got to play out into you know, Captain America being frozen in the ice. And even if you don't know that history, they tell you, you know, the first scene in the movie is them digging him out of the ice in the, in modern times. So, you know where it's going eventually. So, so yeah, it, it just has to play out with action scenes. All, all the, they get, you got all the characters out. Now you just have to like take their action figures and push them together until one of them falls over and one of them goes, ha ha, I win. 
See, I and, like that though. I mean, that's kind of what I want. I mean, I you well, know, I, it's it, it works out great when because by that time they've built all the characters that that we like or hate or whatever, and now we're concerned with it. I see. I don't think it as much lags, or I'm not going to say the second half of the movie is weak. It's just not as strong and compelling as the first half, you know. So yeah. and that well, and, it's, when, it's, and when it's, you no, load it's like, up, it's like. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, it's like when you see a building being put up, it's exciting, but once the building's up, it's just a building. You know, it's not, they're not quite the same. It's a great building, but it's not the same, you know, seeing it being put up, or if that's a bad metaphor or something like that. No, <laughs> no, know, I think that works. It, it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it was sort of, I, I mean, I, I, I really think that, that, that there wasn't really much else like the script writers could have done to do that and after all it is a it is a superhero action movie so you know you want to get a good you you, you want to get some action in there um i just think it's i i just think it's great that you have a superhero you know and and the same thing um it's it's actually very similar to the x-men movie where you know they built up the we're building up the 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 group of mutants and their backstories and the Nazi hunting was all more compelling than the end when everything comes into play and then, you know, missiles are knocked out of the sky and, and the and the world is right. saved and the bad guys killed. Right. I you know, I really liked the characters in it, so in that first half I was really digging the you know, the dynamics between the characters. And usually that's is the stuff that's sloughed off in, in movies and I think they're starting to get in wise that like, yeah, you know what? A superhero movie is still a movie, <laughs> you right. know. We, well, you, you I know, think that the perfect like superhero movie that that has yet to come, the the one that I I still want to see, and I I felt like X Men First Class did a did a bang up job of it for the most part, but I think this movie yeah. still has yet to be made, and maybe the Avengers will be this movie. Is the movie that does it in equal parts where, you know, I, I, I like your analogy that, you know, first class and cap are very much, you know, they, they break the mold in the first half of the movie because yes, it's, it's an origin story, but they were both very creative in the way they told those stories because they weren't just superhero movies. They were good movies that sucked you in, made you care about the characters, gave you solid stories of what was going on with these people and made you care about them. And then, and I don't want to say it devolves or it degenerates, but it it falls in the second half of both of those movies. They fall into standard superhero fare, you know, where it's, okay, now here's the threat. Here's the bad guy who's typically an opposite number to who the hero is. And let's wrap this movie up and resolve it in a very standard superhero movie fashion. I'm kind of tired of that, to be perfectly honest. I think by the time we got to Cap, and see, it's not a knock against the Cap movie necessarily, is I think by the time we got there, there'd already been two other superhero movies this year, which were pretty much the same thing. You know, they came in, they told an origin story, you get there, and then the final half of the movie is the big battle with the bad guy where he gets taken down, blah, 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 and there's a thing for the Avengers at the end of it. And so by the time we got to Cap, it's like, all right, I've seen this two times already this summer. I really wanted something a little bit more, a little bit different. I'm hoping the Avengers is different. I ho- I'm hoping the Avengers is 
is a complete and unique movie in both halves where the the ending of that movie stuns us by not just being a standard superhero bang em up at the end of it. I hope it's I don't know what exactly I want, but I want something a little bit not so quite formula. Here's a new thing and this is a fairly new phenomenon I've been noticing and it sort of started with the new Star Wars trilogy is that you start you start making these prequels and these interlocked movies in and as you make each new movie it actually changes slightly the context in the the movies that came before it so right, something right. that might have been a little awkward in Captain America who knows when you see the avengers you'll go oh okay that's why they did this this way and you know or and 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 we've already been seeing saying, oh, okay, that's why they were talking about that. And that's why they, you know, there was that tossed off mention of that in the Hulk or, you know, in Iron Man 2. You know, it starts, you start seeing them link up and take shape a little more. Yeah. And, and well. this is what's going to be the hard part of the Avengers is the Avengers is going to have to be the, the, the you know, the, the ring of power. It's going to be the, be the yeah. one movie that unites them all. And brings brings them all into into the the context and makes you go oh okay, and the, the good thing about that is it has strong films behind it. So all the Avengers are now, if, if for anybody who's been following the movie, are all real, whether they're like what you would think they would be in the comic books or not. The characters that have been created in the movies are all very real and and yeah. And you know, pretty much, they've done a great job of making them all heroes that I that I am eager to see react to each other. Because I've yeah, never they're, they're been, fully formed. Yeah, I've never yeah. been a fa- big fan of. The, I I never used to read the Avengers. Um, of all the characters in the Avengers, the most I'd ever read was the Hulk, and the most I knew about and, and had any interest. No, really, really no interest in Iron Man or. Or Captain America, and there, you know, I, I've been like all those movies were awesome, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely can't wait to see, you know, Robert Downey Jr. interacting with the, you know, especially I'm looking forward to Robert Downey Jr. He's going to be having, he had so much fun with Iron Man. Now he's going to have all these other guys to bounce off, and uh, it's going to be, it, 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 you know, I'm, I'm hoping. That that they, you know, are ma- are planning uh, are being like, all right, let's make this one fun. You know, let's keep yeah. it let's keep it fun. It's gonna be, you know, I I I don't mind in the Avengers if they dispense with any kind of like complicated story. I uh, with the Avengers, I'll be fine with it being just like big, you know, whatever. Galactus comes and threatens the Earth. The Avengers take him on. <coughs> Or whatever. I just want to see the real, the old school Galactus in any context. But you know something, <laughs> and they and they have to fight it, and they have to, you know, unite as a team and do it. And I'm happy with that as long as it's it's cleverly written, and they've got the actors are are happy and doing their doing what they did in the last movies. I think it'll be. It, it just has so much potential to be great and. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident at this point because they've been doing a good job. I'm hoping I'm not building myself up for disappointment. But then again, I'm not really expecting rocket science. You know, I'm I'm just expecting a bang up, uh, a a really good actor soup. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, that's that's the whole thing is they've done a really good job building up this movie universe and as a real universe. You know, they're not they you know, they don't sit there and go like other like comic books do where you try to explain why does this technology work? It's like no, this is, you you accept it in the movie that Tony yeah. Stark built a suit of armor out of scraps. It works. You know, it's it's not it, it's real it's realistic. But not in that sense where yeah. we're forcing it to be realistic. Well, they can. You know, they, like, they, they don't have to go. How did Tony Stark do it? Tony Stark did it because he's a fucking genius. You know, yeah. okay, he's a genius. So okay, he can yeah. come up. With, he can build a a suit out mini, of scraps. You know. Yeah, and build a mini arc reactor that took his father thirty years to develop. You know, mm-hmm. and that's something I liked about Captain America is they showed a lot where they showed sort of a proto Tony, but not. You know he's not. They're not the same guys. But you could see where Tony got a lot of his showmanship from. You know his his charm and everything came from his father. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring us in now that we're starting to talk about the Avengers. Um. I'm gonna br- go back into another round robin here, and um, and Andrew, I guess you're just gonna have to listen. <laughs> yes. we, I, I, I will come to you and, and if you want to you because you, you, if uh, I don't know how many of the other superhero movies from the Avengers that you've seen but we're oh, going to do a, like, okay so we're going to yeah, do a, like a ranking of what we think of the the superhero the movies the, the, we, the we need to do, you need to throw out two lists guys when it comes around I want to do yeah. two lists I want to do rank you know the Avenger build-up movies as as one, but also this summer's you know superhero movies. The summer superhero you know, movies. But there was also you know X Men and Green Lantern as well. So I'm curious for both. Okay. You know, rank this summer's, but also then you know rank the uh, the Avengers build-up movies. Well, since you're throwing out two questions, why don't you answer first? All right, I I will do that. I am fully prepared. Um, As far as uh, this summer's uh, superhero flicks, I would put them in this order. Definitely number one for me was uh, X-Men First Class. I I just thought it was a fantastic movie. I've seen it several times now. It holds up on multiple viewings. And again, I think it has a bit of... uh, you know what Wonder Woman had working for it for me was that I went in with with no ex you know with the X Men thing I had absolutely no expectations whatsoever I didn't even care to go see it you know I, I took my little boy to it because I found out he wanted to see it went to it thinking well I can suffer through this for two hours walked away going that was a great superhero movie I, so that's definitely my number one um, number two would be uh, Thor Thor beats out Cap because. Frankly, I just can't believe they made a Thor, you know, a standalone Thor movie to begin with. But then it turned out to be awesome too. It was just icing. I mean, it's great. I'm a I'm an old school Thor fan. I've been a Thor fan for a long, long time. So that's why Thor beats out Cap. Uh, and then Cap. And then lastly, um, I think this speaks for itself. I didn't even bother to see Green Lantern. So there you go. With <laughs> um. Ranking the Avengers lead-up movies is a lot harder for me because I have trouble with the one I want to rank at number two. They, they're almost interchangeable. But uh, definitely the number one Avengers lead-up movie for me was The Incredible Hulk. I thought that was just a near-perfect movie. I loved it. It was, finally, it was nice to finally see the Hulk done right, in my opinion. I really, really enjoyed that movie because I thought it was a nice blend between... 
you know, the, the, the Hulk from the comics and the Hulk from the Bill Bixby show, which is the one that's, that's more prevalent in the public perception. So I thought it was a, a nice amalgam of the two. And I just thought it was a great movie. Um, number two, like I say, number two and number three are, are pretty much interchangeable because I really do flip-flop constantly on which of these movies I like the best because um, I like them for very different reasons. But uh, it would be uh, Thor... And Iron Man 2. Again, Thor for the reasons I said. You know, it's just, it's awesome that they made a Thor movie, and then it's awesome that it was awesome. Iron Man 2, because of the whole thing with, uh, you know, the, the Easter eggs and the, and the callback to, you know, Howard Stark in that movie, in the, in the lost film that Tony ends up watching. Howard Stark in that entire sequence was totally an homage to Walt Disney's last movie, you know, the, the Epcot film. And I just, I love that. I love that that somebody took that and made a superhero element out of that. I just thought that was really, really awesome. It was, you know, it really spoke to, to my interests as a as both a superhero and a Disney geek. So I, I you know, love that movie largely for that reason. Um, number four would be Cap because, like I said, I love the first half of the movie. Got a little bored with the second half of the movie. And then lastly, Iron Man. Um I, I know I'm uh, I kind of going against the you know everybody else with uh, with ranking Iron Man last. I wasn't a big fan of the first Iron Man movie. I thought it was really slow. I felt it needed a hell of a lot more action than it had. And uh, but I respect the fact that it, it set the template that we're pretty much following with all the other movies. So I mean I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just man I wish it had moved faster and I wish it had had a lot more Iron Man in it. It had too much. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. doing Robert Downey Jr. instead of Robert Downey Jr. playing the part they hired him for. That was my really my main bitch with Iron Man, and it's still my biggest trepidation going into the Avengers. Is I sure hope that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't overpower the film and and do his Robert Downey Jr. ness all the way through it. And I'm really fearful that. Cap's not going to be the lead guy that they're going to make Iron Man the friggin' lead guy because he's the box office draw for that movie. That kind of worries me a little bit. So I hope that the director is able to kind of rein him in a little bit and that we're getting, you know, Tony Stark slash Iron Man and not just Robert Downey Jr. doing his his shtick. You know what I mean? So, but that that was pretty much mine. All right, who's next? Who's next? Uh, Chris Gallo. Uh, well, sure. I'll have to excuse myself on the uh, summer movies because I only saw uh, Thor and Cap. I didn't see X-Men or, or Green Lantern. Well, you um, could rank those two. Yeah, which one did you <laughs> yeah. like better? I, I do like Cap better than Thor, but um, but... I I like them for different reasons. It's hard to you know. It's not. It's like comparing apples to oranges. Right. Um, I felt uh, Thor was more of a, a more grandiose story. You know, the whole Asgard bit. Um, I just loved all that. Uh, but for for a summer movie, Cap was it because it was it was more of a popcorn movie. I you know, and it wasn't in a bad sense a popcorn movie with just a lot of explosions and gee whiz and blood. It was just a fun movie. Uh, I just, you know, so if I rank those two, it's going to be Captain Thor. Um, for the lead-in movies, maybe it's because it's the freshest one. I'm, I'm going with Cap again because it was just so much fun, and I think it's the same reason why I rank Iron Man the first one 
above the other Iron Man. The first, I thought the first Iron Man was just a lot of fun, and I didn't mind the Robert Downey Jr. being Robert Downey Jr. because that's that's Tony Stark is Robbie Robert Downer Jr. You know the way he acted, at least the way he's being portrayed nowadays in the comics. Um, I'm gonna give um, Thor the the um, the third place, and for just all the same reasons, it's just so grandiose scale. I mean, seeing, you know, Asgard, seeing the frost giants, the whole bit, I love that. Um, then um, fourth, I'll give it to Iron Man 2, because, I, again, I, I like that one. It was fun. Um, there was a lot of little moments that maybe I, I liked. Um, Stain um, being in, um, in, the, um, in the first one. Then we get... In the second one, we get what's his name, um, Hammer, Justin, Justin Hammer. Hammer. Yeah. yeah, so that that was another nice little nod. And, and I like Sam Rockfield, Rockfield, Rockfile, whatever. Rockwell. Yeah, Rockwell. Thank you. He's good. I like him. And he, anything I see him in, I pretty much like. So yeah. And then the Hulk. Um, and the only reason, and it's not like it's a slide against the Hulk. I like the Hulk film, the the second one. You know, a lot better than the Ang Lee versions, put it that way. <laughs> um, but it, there's just, you know, it just something has to be fourth, and unfortunately, that's going to be it. But it's, you know, it's not like, oh, don't see the Hulk film. You know, no, definitely go see it. It's a good movie. All right, hair metal hero. All right, for the uh, hero from you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my! Oh, how droll! All right, under the, the bus. <laughs> <laughs> under the bus with you. We have a Brit with us. Let's throw him under the lorry instead. Ooh, <laughs> uh, all right, lorry. So, I'm liking this idea. Now give him long <laughs> enough, he'll jump in front of the queen's carriage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for uh, just this summer's movies. Um, I got Cap and Thor right at the top. I, I, you asked me on a Monday, I'd say one. You asked me on a Tuesday, I'd say another one was better. Um, loved them both. I, I think Marvel's hitting exactly what they need to do with these. Uh, first class, really enjoyed it. Little little bit of cheese in it, which I liked. Um, had a good time watching it. Like to see more sequels from it. You know, different. Maybe going to the seventies or the eighties. Yeah. And. Um, Green Lantern can eat a dick. <laughs> That's the name of the sequel, by the way. That is, oh, yeah. Green Lantern 2 eats a dick. <laughs> All right. So for the Avengers lead-up movies, um, I'm, I'm a huge mark for all these. I, I, I've enjoyed every single one of them. Um, honestly, uh Jeez, I don't know. I, I, I mean, if I on a scale of one to ten, I wouldn't give any of them lower than like an eight at the lowest. Um, I don't think any of them are tens either. But uh, I mean, the ones I probably will find myself watching more than the others, I'll probably watch Cap and Thor as of right now more than the others. But that's only because I've seen Iron Man and Iron Man Two a shitload of times now, and I've watched the Hulk. Uh, not as many times, but that was pretty damn good too. So I mean, just across the board, I I dig them. So I can't really put them in any sort of order. I think they all kind of work together. Yeah. Excellent. Joe Anthrax. Joe, the man about to present his two lists, Anthrax. <laughs> okay. Well, as for summer movies, um, you know the. 
it's it's hard. It, the, basically, the Marvel movies came out way on top, and it's hard to really rank them because they're all just really amazing. But uh, I'm going to say Thor is number one because I didn't expect them to be able to take uh, this cosmic character that really is kind of hard to define and put him into such a great movie that would be so accessible. And right. uh, so Thor would be number one. Cap would be just right behind it you know again joe johnston did a great job with setting the tone of the film and chris evans did a great job with portraying you know a true hero uh x-men first class would come in number third uh because i would watch you know every day and twice on sunday uh what michael fassbender as magneto hunting nazis that Mm -hmm. was fucking awesome and uh, <clears throat> it saddened me as a Green Lantern fan, and I'm not going to be an apologist because yes, the movie was bad. Uh, Green Lantern was was pretty much the failure of the summer, and it, it pains me because there were good things about the movie. It's just it didn't work. They they missed the they missed the boat with it. Uh, as for the uh, the Avengers, you know, the the prequels basically for the Avengers film. I uh, th- again, they all pretty much rank just in the in, in the top. It's hard to put them in a ranking because they're all so good. Like like Hair Metal Hero said, you know, it asked me one day I might say something else, but uh, I would probably right now put Iron Man uh. at the top. I think they I think they chose the perfect actor to play Tony Stark uh, I know Chris that you know you're kind of you know this way or that way with you know the way he's portrayed but I think he was he was the best person they could have gotten to play Tony Stark um, after that Thor uh, Captain America you know as I because of what I stated before just great movies um, The Incredible Hulk they really got a fun movie. They got uh, basically Hulk smashing, which is what a Hulk sh- movie should be. Hulk should just be just beating Hulk the living smashes. crap out of him. So, yes, yeah. Hulk smashes. So yeah. that is what an excellent. That, that's what a Hulk movie should do. And finally, you know, Iron Man two. And like I said on the last one, and um, when we last did this, I liked it, but it seemed kind of like a rehash. You've got. At the end of the movie, the big action set piece is what? Iron Man fighting a giant robot. And yes, you know, they bring in, you know, Rhodey is, you know, War Machine, and they bring in Whiplash, but, you know, it it was kind of a rehash, and that's why it took it down from, you know, the first Iron Man movie. Excellent. Done. Nick, well... Since um since the boat with the copies of uh of Captain America apparently hasn't made it to Britain yet, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just have you I'll just have you rank all the rest of the movies that that you guys have gotten over there. Do they would you guys get them on VHS or something? Yeah, we get them on Beatmax. <laughs> oh yeah, cool, awesome. You guys are you're moving up. I like it. Yeah, we we've graduated up slightly from real to real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, know, you get, uh, I, I, I notice whenever I see pictures of like British people in their house, uh, they got just 
piles of of reels of 16 millimeter film behind him. And just, slides. Just to watch, yeah, just to watch the daily news, you know. Yeah, just, just watch to the see BBC. the news every day. I'm just yeah. glad they moved away from Viewmasters. <laughs> oh no, we still have them. Uh, no, the summer ones I've I've only seen Thor because the stars haven't aligned for me to go and see them. And you've got three so kids. So we know what your best to... and worst is right after so that. Yeah. Obviously, the summer one has to be Thor. Well, let's just reflect a minute. We live on a world where there is a Thor movie. You know, if you'd have said yeah, that 15 exactly. years ago, no <laughs> yeah. one would have believed you. And it just goes to show how much Marvel is pissing all over DC in terms of the marketing and the movies. In that we've got essentially a B-list character in Thor doing a major yeah. movie that is exceptionally entertaining. Well, that was yeah. one of the things that I, I, I was, you know, kind of hacked about, you know, Green Lantern was basically Thor and Green Lantern, the same sort of character, you know, same sort of character. There's a space-based, cosmic-based character. Cosmic, yeah. That, uh, you know, have these incredible powers, and Thor got it absolutely right, and Green Lantern basically got it absolutely wrong. Well, that's what you, you take. You marry the Shakespearean aspects of Thor with a Shakespearean uh, actor who's also a director, and mm-hmm. you just let him run with it, and you get what was a really entertaining film. Um, the Marvel movies, I haven't seen Iron Man 2 yet. I keep meaning to. It just keeps slipping off the scale. But I'm going to rank them in reverse order, which is not to say I disliked any of them. Like Her Metal Hero, I think they all get a solid 8, possibly a 9 in some cases. There's no 10. Really, but they are close. Thor would be number three, um, just because I've only seen it once. It may move up as you see it more, but it was a solidly entertaining film in which they managed to take, let's be honest, outlandish concepts and make it work, showing that you can do it if you don't want to just paint your costumes darker colour and pretend you're doing it gritty. Actually, pay attention to what you're doing, modify it for a different medium, and let the director and the writer and the actors run with it, and it'll work. Second, I would have to say the first Iron Man, which would probably, for me, be the first movie, superhero movie, since the first Superman in 78, where they just managed to make an unbridled joy of a superhero film. They just... They let Robert Downey Jr. run with it. They let Ron Favreau run with it. And they made an entertaining film about a character that 90% of your movie-going audience have probably never heard of. And they did an exceptional job. But number one, for me, is The Incredible Hulk. Uh, I adore that film. I think they did a fantastic job with the casting from the top down. Bruce Banner, Ed Norton was brilliant. General Thunderbolt Ross was fantastic. I'm a little more dubious about um, Tim Roth as the abomination, but he, he did as good a job as can be expected. But where it, it succeeded was, like has been said, it was Hulk smash. And that's what you want from a, a Hulk movie. The bits where the Hulk would pick up two police cars and use them boxing gloves was fantastic. Yeah. And that look on his face where the abomination just will not stay down. And his face is just, oh, man, just go away. And he just wails into him. It's, it's a fantastic film. The only negative mark, Scott's not going to like this, though, is Liv Tyler. I don't dislike Liv Tyler. I just don't see Betty Ross when I think of Liv Tyler. And I think there may have been a little, I'm not sure about that. But if you look at the edited scenes on the, the movie, it's an example where what they edited made the movie much better 
And the only minor side I can come up with the upcoming Avengers movie is it's not Ed Norton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm honestly not bothered by that. I really I'd don't think you, it's going to be an issue. One thing that uh, that I remember thinking, you know, right as I was watching the Hulk in the theater, you know, the Incredible yeah, Hulk in the theater, yeah. was mm. the scene where, um, you know, before he becomes the Abomination, the scene where um, Blonsky had the super soldier serum and was actually holding his own in a right. fight versus the Hulk. I remember consciously thinking this shit better look like, you know, this better be what Captain America's like, or, you know, this better be what, what we get when we get to the Avengers movie. Cause I want to see that, you know, as much as I'm a classic Avengers fan, I don't mind that they seem to be going much more with an ultimates model with this. And I want to see, Cap versus the Hulk. I I would love to see, you know, that exact scene of of Ultimate Cap dropping the Hulk in the Avengers film, because that scene with with Blonsky versus the Hulk was just awesome, and that's what really gave me confidence that you know the the Cap movie would you know could be pulled off. Well, you know? now we now they know how to make the Hulk fight, and he looks like the way the Hulk would fight in reality. So that's right, awesome. There's that's just awesome. All right, let's move on to Sean Foster while he's still with us before his Skype, like, explodes in a ball of flame, butt in. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, starting with the summer movies, uh, put Captain America at the top just because, you know, I loved it. Um, number two would be X-Men First Class because I'd watch three hours of Magneto killing Nazis and be entertained. Uh, um, number three would be Thor. Um, I... Love, I like the movie. I thought they could use another half hour to maybe give it a slightly better ending. Um, and of course, the piece of shit that is Green Lantern. You know, it, it's a piece of shit that can eat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. You know, I, I yeah. Then again, I was hoping Green Lantern would fail so badly that Jeff Johns would be discredited as a writer. But <laughs> yeah, I just I, I'm tired of Green Lantern being the center of everything in DC. It, it, it annoys me. That should be Superman and Batman. They're just of DC. So, um, getting into the Marvel movies, uh, probably my top would be Iron Man just because it just so blew me away with, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and just building the Iron Man, making it seem real without, you know, it. Uh, Hulk would be number two on my list just because I enjoyed Ed, what Ed Norton did with that script, you know, got a good story out of it that, you know, probably versions of the script they had would have been horrible um, and again another good universe building film uh, probably a toss up and a tie between uh, three, number two and three. Uh, three three and four would be Cap and Thor um, like somebody else said earlier any given day you ask me I'll tell you one or the other um, and finally, number five would be Iron Man 2, because, yeah, it did feel like a rehash in the end, you know? Oh, so again, he fights a guy in armor at the end of the movie, you know, in a better, more powerful armor than his, based on his. So, you know, that's just a quick risk before my Skype dies again, and we're all... <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of which, now I'll take this opportunity to see if we can get Scott back in on the... Things. There you oh, are. Oh, there's the molester bot. Okay. I just figured I'd call <laughs> you in after I after Sean finished his list, just so I could get it on tape or on 
hard drive or whatever the hell you put it on now. Yeah, if you tell oh, me you're doing this reel to reel as well, aren't you? Yes, <laughs> I, it's actually this is on like a a, a piece of wire that's being scraped <laughs> Edison style. Well, if you tell us afterwards you lost this again, we're going to kill you. We're going to come to your house and murder you. <laughs> I'm only about four hours away. Six All right, hours yeah, away. I'm about I, I, four hours away. I'll take a bus up there. I know where you, you. I know what city you're in. I'll just start beating up people till I find you. Uh, yeah. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it, it, it would be harder than you think. Anyway, I guess it's my turn now. For the summer movies, definitely, I think Cap is my favorite. With and and sort of like Hair Metal Hero, it's it's sort of a tie because Cap and the X Men movie. Both they they shared a lot of the same strengths and a lot of the same weaknesses, but I both the, both of them I just really fully enjoyed. Um, yeah, number number three would be Thor, but not you know once again th- these are all like movies are all pretty solid. All the Marvel ones this summer were definitely solid eights and above, and I I loved Thor and another one that I had no expectations of except. You know, I knew I, I liked the director, so I thought, okay, there's going to be something interesting going on here. But I didn't think I didn't think I was going it was going to be as fun as it was, and it really came out of nowhere. And with the at the bottom of the the summer list would be Green Lantern, but not I don't really think it was even a bad movie. It was I enjoyed it and was entertained throughout it, but it was definitely the weakest of all the movies. But there was some stuff about it that I really liked, and there's some visual aspects of it that I thought were were just wonderful and fun. Um, for the for the Avengers movie, number one is for me too is the Hulk. I I love it. I love. I just love it. It gave me everything I wanted, and it gave it to me. Gave it to me better than I even thought it was gonna be. So I was, you know, I mean, it all comes down to the Hulk smash, and he smashed real good in there. And um, number two would be uh, Iron Man one, and because uh, uh, yeah, unlike Scott, I I, I agree. Uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, and and I like that he kind of dominated that movie because it was a movie about a person with a really just you know obnoxious personality, and it had a good it had a character arc with that character that wasn't really cheesy of how he learns to be humble because he learns to be quote-unquote humble but he's still not a humble guy i I thought it was great and i thought downey did did a great job uh number three would be captain america um and it's hard i just hate putting captain america all these movies underneath each other because i it was just all of them were so enjoyment enjoyable and uh Let's see what's what's left. Iron Man two, is that the only one that I haven't yeah, I mentioned think, yet? Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's definitely at the bottom of the barrel. Although I I enjoyed wow. Iron Man two, it, but it was it was a rehash of Iron Man one. It was more of the same, so it doesn't get the props see, I, of all the other movies. And somebody everybody said keeps they were saying su- that, but I can't believe that I'm the only one that doesn't feel like it. It took the first movie. And made it better because you know you you got you had the origin story out of the way. I just I find it to be well, so much more an exciting movie, and a, it has a hell of a lot more action. 
Well, it's, the maybe it's because when I saw the first Iron Man, uh, but the action wasn't the thing that that drew me to the first action uh, Iron Problem Man movie. As a matter of fact, the action was just like secondary, and I could have used a little less of it towards the end. With the fight with Jeff Bridges was kind of anticlimactic for me. Yeah, but it's it's not to say that ranking that movie low means that I don't like it. You know. Because I did, I, I I liked it a lot. As a matter of fact, I was I remember coming out of the theater going, that was a great, you know, I had a great time, just like the the first movie. And I, I want to address something someone said earlier. I think it was Andy about you know if somebody said 15 years ago we would have had a Thor movie, you know, no one would have believed it. I would have believed it, but I just wouldn't have believed anybody would have put more than 150 dollars into the budget of it. <laughs> right. you know, they could have gotten a big budget, and it would have been it would have been like when he was on the Hulk. The, TV Oh, yeah. The Hulk TV movie. That guy who played Thor in that Hulk movie is now on... Is it Sonny with a Chance on the Disney Channel? I thought I heard somebody say... Yeah. Yeah. I think Michael Billy... He's in one of them. Yeah, one of those shows, yeah. Yeah. You know, know, I wouldn't believe they would have made a Thor movie, but it would have been like Roger Corman or some... You know, it would have been someone who got the license for 15 bucks and then, like, hit up their dentist to to finance (laughs) the movie. (laughs) With like bad superimposed thunderbolts and stuff like that, <laughs> so yeah, the the big surprise with Thor, the two big surprises are it got a big budget, and that it came out, and it got a real uh, gravitas soaked director with Kenneth Branagh, but it still came out heavy, but at the same time light and fun. It was just a really, uh, really surprising to me, and and a, and a very very pleasant surprise. So, you know, it's it's hard ranking them because they're they're just all so they're all so damn good. I'm just like it's it's amazing when you see a, a run like that, and uh, you know, I mean, in days to come, this these will be called the golden age of superhero movies. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. And if I mean, and if it's not, if that's sometime in the future, then that's gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> well, I mean. So, I mean, how long has the superhero boom been going on? What, ten years now? Where next year is the ten? Because Spider-Man. Pretty good run. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's usually when it starts petering out. I mean, you know, I, I that's another that's a worry I have for the Avengers movie. Is that going to be like the beginning of the end of all these really good superhero movies? You know, are we going to go back to, you know, you know I don't want to knock Superman four, but uh, Captain America nineteen ninety. You know, or the the lo- the Corman Fantastic Four movie, you know, or 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 all those made-for-TV Hulk movies. You know, are we going back to that or whatever the it's, you know whatever? I don't yeah. think we're going back to that. I don't know. It's a legitimate concern though, because my my fear all along, and you know, thank God, you know, I mean, we're talking about what five movie? Yeah, five movies here, right? There's Iron Man one and two. Hulk, Thor, and Cat have five movies, and we're going into a sixth one. That's five movies that have knocked it out of the park. Any one of which, had they sucked, could sour the whole thing. Because you know Hollywood is is fickle about these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. You know, and my fear is that what I really want to happen is I want these movies to continue to knock it out of the park. You know, against all the odds, I want them to continue to be these huge not only blockbuster movies that make a ton of money, but also movies that are good movies that are going to hold up for future viewings. And so I want them to, to at least be able to hold that uh, that franchise and that ability to create really good movies long enough 
to where uh, you know Disney really spins something out of the Marvel property. You know, I I really really want to see uh, a Marvel park come out of that. Yeah, and if the if the franchise ends up tanking, you know, or just you know the the public grows disinterested after a time or whatever you know you know how how fickle the public can be about these sorts of things you know before that happens then it it may you know take decades longer to happen than if, if you know yeah yeah exactly so that, well, that's it, actually my it, concern it, it'll, it'll probably die it it, it com- comes back and it goes away and it comes back but this this phase of comeback has been an especially strong it usually it's like one or two great movies, and then you get the laws of diminishing returns after it, where you got the, all the other movies that are sort of copying it or walking in its footsteps, and they start getting cheaper and more careless, and until people are like, oh, I'm sick of this genre, let's just like put it away for a little while. But this one has been keeping a very consistent quality to it, and I don't know, I think maybe they're getting a little smarter. Some people are getting smarter in Hollywood and going... Okay, what worked with this, and 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 coupling that with okay, let's make a good movie, and the, and actually adopting, adapting, and improving, model well, I, of the roundtable. Yeah, well, I I think a lot of the reasons why the the Marvel movies have been doing good is because they're hiring directors who are directors first. They're not yeah. just they're not guys who do oh I, all I do is like the Huey Bowl where give me a give me a million dollars I'll make you a horror movie in two weeks. Yeah, right. Uh, I was I was a commercial director and a bunch of music videos for some goth bands that that are very visual. So give me a job, right? And it's like Joe Johnson. He doesn't just have the Rocketeer under his belt. He has like um, he has Star Wars experience experience. under his belt. Right. You You have he he was there when Star Wars was made. Yeah. You have Kenneth Branagh, who is like not just he's not just a good director. He's like the Shakespearean director of anything. If you're doing a stage show, you want Kenneth Branagh involved with it because mm-hmm. he knows how to get good performances out of actors. And, you know, even um, John Favreau, who was that guy known for making music videos, you know, he you know he stepped up his game. Well, his, found- first, mo- his first movie was, uh, what was it? Was it Swingers. Swingers, and I mean yeah. that was a uh, that was a really you know I mean he didn't uh, he didn't start out with a with a really fluffy movie he started no. out with a really good movie you know solid very yeah. well acted and care, just, it's there's a lot of parallels with Swingers and uh, you know and Iron Man there, that's yeah. there's no you know, that's the reason why you have such a, a cocky arrogant yeah. Tony Stark Robert Downey Jr. in there yeah and it I works. think that, yeah because I, I think. When we'll know when the superhero movies are going to decline is when the studios start saying, "Okay, we've got our we've got our standard director who will direct every su- we got our three guys who will direct every yeah. superhero movie, and that's all they do. All they do is the superhero movies. When we get the U.E. Bowl of superhero movies, that's when we know. Yeah, hey, McGee, we got a superhero movie for yeah. you. Yeah. My- yeah, Michael Bay's The Avengers are the words that every nerd should be terrified on. <laughs> the, <it should laughs> just, the, yeah, it should just make your bowels let go and your stomach <laughs> empty. Well, I think I think that's part of the problem that Warner Brothers is having is they're not getting guys. You know, I know you guys, some you you and Scott don't like the Batman movies. I do. But you know, I'm just I, I I think Nolan's a better director than people give him credit for. Um, but I, I you know I'm you know everybody's all excited about the Superman movie. 
I don't know how I feel about that because I don't know quite necessarily know if Zack Snyder is nothing more than a gimmick director. You know, he has you know he has his standard. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't call him a, a gimmick director. I would call him a fucking rotten piece of horse shit <laughs> fucking somehow bribed somebody or has pictures of somebody having sex with someone who's not their wife and probably their same gender and got himself a job directing movies, Snyder. That's <laughs> a big really fan, cool, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm eager to, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it, I, I, I'm, I have hope for the superhero genre because the Watchmen, the 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 financial um, flop of the Watchmen did did not no. put an end to the the superhero movies, which it seemed like it could have done. Well, same there thing. Was with a lot Green, same thing with Green Lantern. It didn't do as well as it could have, and I was afraid it was going to be the beginning of the end. But Marvel keeps pumping them out. So yeah, it, well, it, you know, it might not be as good news for DC, but yeah. DC's DC has some trouble. I mean, Watchmen DC has and- one more Christopher Nolan movie to make a shitload of money for him. Mm-hmm. Superman is up in the air, you know, because Zack Snyder, yeah, he's had some hits, but you know, I mean, That's his big hit too. is like three hundred, and all it like um, Watchmen was a miss as far as money goes. Watchmen, I think, is his most successful movie. That, that like, I actually. Watched Watchmen and went. That's a, an acceptable movie, and didn't yeah. want to kill him like a piece of human garbage that he is. <laughs> probably, I don't know him personally, but I can safely make that assumption. Going back a moment, you know, we were talking about Joe Johnston, and it was tickling my brain. I was trying to remember what else he was known for besides The Empire Strikes Back and The Rockets. Here, and it got I got to thinking. I was thinking he had done one of the the Honey movies. I was thinking he did mm-hmm. the second one. He actually did the first one, Honey, I Shrunk the yeah. Kids. He did that one before yeah. the Rockets here. Well, let's. But I was looking at a list of movies here, and I cannot believe I forgot this. He directed October Sky. If you guys haven't seen yeah. that movie, that's a great movie. Have you guys he seen directed, that one? He, he directed Jurassic Park 3. And yeah. That, that was a really underrated, I mean, that right. was a really underrated film. It the got a Jurassic Park movie. But it was a fun action. I had, yeah, I had no expectations of it, and then I saw it, and I'm like, you know, this is just a, this is just a chase. And then I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of more what this movie, these movies should be. Mm-hmm. This is what I want. I want people yeah. r- running from the dinosaurs, yep. and uh, on, the, on a basic primal level, and it were. And I was like, there's something special about this. And then I found out it was Joe Johnson directed yeah. it, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, somebody who knew how to make a, yeah, the low the low rent version of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right. I don't I mean, think I, that I, one was I, low rent at all. I think it's the best. Well, one. it was a lower bud. It was a lower budget. It came out with less fanfare, and you know, it was just sort of like, okay, here's where, you know, all the critics were sort of like, here's where it pumps. You know, they're just pumping the genre. There's not as much story. They bring the characters back, but it. It works. It actually has more um, suspense than the other, the other two, in my opinion. I I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I was totally surprised. I'm not sure I've actually seen the third one all the way. I I I might have to watch that now because I'm not entirely sure. It's a fun movie. It's like 84 minutes long. It's well worth watching. Yeah, lean. It's lean and mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like they, they, like you know, you get the characters right away, bang, bang, bang. You know who's what's gonna. You kind of get an idea of what's gonna happen to who, but you want to see it. You know, you want to see the <laughs> asshole get what's coming to him. You yeah, know, you want the, you. I yeah. like the kid in it too. I don't yeah. like the, all the kids in the. Other, I don't like the inclusion of, and I didn't like how it played out with the kids. I don't want to see the kids. In the, I, it's not that I don't want to see kids in danger. I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't mind seeing kids get injured and killed. I just didn't like the way they were. It was too s- s- super with, kids. It, it was Spielberg, and with the kids, I'm like, these kids aren't going to get killed because it's a Spielberg no. movie. No, I'd rather have it be where it's like, oh shit, I don't know about this director. He might kill. He might take this kid's yeah. head off with a rapper. Well, no, that's well. I mean, Joe Johnston did that in Jumanji. He you had the kids as the main characters, but. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't treat them as oh, they're cute. No, they they faced consequences of the stuff they did. I mean, that's a you know, that's a fun movie, but that's a horror movie that's disguised as a kids movie. Jumanji. I mean, that, yeah. that's that's Joe Johnston making a horror movie, but making it marketable. You know, that's a really you know, and he got great performances out of what was really at that time like Robin Williams is a decline at that point. Uh, David Allen Greer. You know, he's a good director. He takes what he gets and he just squeezes every good thing you can get out of mm-hmm. it. You know, so it's like, I don't, you know, I haven't seen October Sky, so it's probably going to go on my list of DVDs or something. To get Same I he's down I he's he definitely that. a master of, of the period piece, you know, because with The Rocketeer, yeah. you've got the late 30s, you know, superhero feel. Now with Cap, you've got, you know, the World War II you know, war movie slash, you know, superhero movie. October Sky takes place in the 50s, you know, right at the beginning of the of the space race, and he totally nails that era. That It's a really good inspirational, like, feel-good movie, but don't, you know, I mean, don't let that scare you off like it's just, you know, kitty fodder or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. it's a good movie. It's got a, you know, it's got a really good story. It's got a little bit of bite to it, and uh, I, I love that movie. I can't believe I forgot that he directed that. Yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend that one. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's just, um, yeah. It, it's, it's. He's a good director, and I, I think I mentioned this the last time we recorded. I was kind of worried when he had made some slightly, you know, not so complimentary comments about uh, when he was, first was put on Cap, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I was, I got a little hesitant that he wasn't. I wasn't quite sure he knew what he was getting into, you know. But you know, he proved me wrong, and you know, it was, it was a great swerve, you know. Saying something, you know, sort of negative about it, and then you know, giving me a, a a good Captain America movie, great Captain America movie. So, well, I hope the rumors are true, and I hope that he's attempting to make a Boba Fett movie because uh, uh, he could do it. He could. It'll be he awesome. Could pull it off, and 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 you just know it would be. It would have a little bit of. Star Wars, it would probably have a little bit of the Clone Wars animated feel to it, and it would have Rocketeer in it too, because what's Boba Fett, you know, is a guy with a rocket strapped to his back. Yeah. And, and, to, and he would probably make a fun, action packed Boba Fett story. And that, isn't that what, like, everybody's wanted forever? And he could actually, I could see him pulling it off. So, uh, George Lucas, if you're listening, because there's probably what, a fifty percent chance that he's listening. You know, um, he listens to every episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the T-shirt and everything. Yep. Yeah, he's too busy counting money. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, George Lucas, if you want to count some more money, let Joe Johnson make a Boba Fett movie. Yep. And uh, let George Kirstick write it. Ooh, that's a, yeah, that's a, a, I like that idea. Have an awesome movie. I Hell, let me it. write it. 
<laughs> no, shh. We'll work from behind the scenes. <laughs> Scott from and the Chris shadows. Here. That that would be great. You guys be the first two people Boba Fett catches. You're the two ba- bounty <laughs> catches at the beginning of the movie. I, I found these two assholes arguing about the a Death Star in a bar somewhere. Yeah, we're ta- <laughs> we're tied back to back. We're tied back to back in like uh, in the in the inside of the slave one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Just like I thought, it would be bigger on the inside. <laughs> Shut up, you idiot! We got to get out of here. Well, Honeywell, here's a nice, you know, here's another fine mess. Fine you've mess you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that was that was the last time we recorded. This was the fine mess I got us into. This time, we have made it all the way through the recording, and nothing has gone. wrong. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to two truefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it, which is awesome because we love money, and it won't cost you a thing. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for 2TrueFreaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. 
For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Future Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.